Okay, live rounds, episode 13. This is the week. This is the week that we've been waiting for. This is the week that, in my opinion, the whole entire wrestling world changes. Um, I think that's pretty safe to say. Uh, I don't think people really understand. And I think as the days go by, like it starts to be more of a realization of like what really this means for the wrestling world in general. Um, so I definitely want to get into that. I definitely want to talk about the importance of CM Punk. There is so much stuff to go over. I'm going to try to hit as much of it as I can. We're going to review what happened last week. And then we're going to talk about like what is all happening this weekend, which is absolutely insane. So, um, yeah, a lot of stuff ahead. How's it going, Steven? It's going good. Did a little action figure hunting earlier today and didn't get the AEW stuff I was looking for, but did find that elite Bam Bam Bigelow with the ECW TV title. So at least I didn't come home empty handed today. And uh, outside of that, it's been a good week, man. Watched AEW Dark um, tonight. Uh, a little bit earlier, and that was a good show. So, yeah, I got a lot of good stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, man, there's a it, – it's it's just like a whirlwind. So, um, I guess, really, probably the best thing to do is to uh, – um, man. So, I understand there's a lot of fans out there that still don't think that this is going to happen. I don't understand their logic at this point. Like you don't sell the United center out with like three weeks uh, in advance. Like that's all you had. You had three weeks before the event and you already sold it out. Like this is for CM Punk. This is why he is here. This is what is going to happen. Darby Allen has hinted at it. They've tried to give it to you the, like without actually saying it, but like Tony Khan said, like expect what everyone is thinking. Everyone pretty much knows what's going to happen. CM Punk is going to debut for AEW on Friday. That is going to happen. Um, I think, I think the biggest thing is right is I think this is really good for CM Punk in so many ways, just because Punk left in a very bitter state he left in a way that I really think he ended up hating wrestling. And I think if CM Punk's career can end with him loving wrestling and being happy with walking out and accomplishing whatever he accomplishes in AEW, I think that that'll be huge for his career. I think it'll really extend his legacy. And uh, I also think too, that it is the symbol. He is the human embodiment of this now has gotten taken to a different level in, in these wrestling wars, what you want to say, in AEW's uh, legitimacy. I, I think that CM Punk represents, he's always been the anti-WWE guy and he was in the WWE. So now what happens when the anti-WWE guy is in the company's is with the company that is the biggest competition that the WWE's had since WCW? Like that's legit truth. Um, I think that that makes it very interesting. And what I love too is it's always been that like 
Punk broke down the door, handed a football to Daniel Bryan, and then Daniel Bryan ran and, and with it took it to the house for a touchdown, right? And this is going to be those same two guys coming to the WWE where the WWE did not want these guys to succeed and they forced their way to make it to, to the top of that company without really the company's blessings. And now those two guys are going to be with the competition and what that means. It's such a huge moment in pro wrestling. We have not seen something like this since WCW. Like, this is huge. Yeah, this is this is huge. I mean, me and you were talking before the stream a little bit, and it's wild because when you think about it, he's been gone for like seven or eight years or whatever, and there's a lot of wrestling fans that like haven't even seen him before in wrestling. They just know who he is. They know he's a big deal. They might have seen – they might have retroactively watched his WWE career, maybe retroactively watched his Ring of Honor career or his, even TNA, the stuff he did on the indies. But like the stuff we were aware of like before he got to the WWE and then watched him in the WWE and all that. So it's going to be really interesting hearing how like the response is from everybody. Like you're going to have this new generation of punk fans that like want to see what he's really all about. You're going to have people like us that like feel like he's, we're getting him back. Um, and then you have like the weird kind of crossover fans like me and you also. It's interesting because there's so many different chunks of fans that I think are going to be interested in this for a bunch of different reasons. Like the MMA fans that didn't know him from WWE or from pro wrestling, all they saw was a dude who like was the worst UFC fighter ever. You know what I mean? It was just so bad. It was like, but, but now even they might be like, well, you know what? Like I saw him fight in the UFC a couple of times. The guy's got balls. Like at the very least, I'm going to tune in and see what this guy's like supposed to be all about. Cause people are buzzing about it and you have people like us too that like you know we watch both and like it was weird to see him in the in the ufc because he performed so poorly but but i can i can look past that though at this point because enough time has passed i look past it when it comes to a lot of the japanese fighters if i'm being fair about it like there's fighters like shibata and um i mean nakamura and like other i mean guys that you know granted Japanese MMA may or may not always be legitimate either. That's kind of a pro wrestling aspect to a lot of it. But the point is, like, I can look past it for a lot of wrestlers. I can also look past it for CM Punk at this point. Like, I just want to see him back. You know what I mean? Like, there's, I love the buzz that it's creating. I love what it represents. I just think that, uh, it's a real, it's a giant middle finger to the WWE at the same time. Like it's, it's, it, it works on all levels for AEW and the fan base of AEW. So, Um, yeah, this, this is this is huge. I mean, I have people asking me about that don't even follow wrestling. They're like, 100%. what am I hearing about? Like, even if they didn't think CM Punk was that cool, they're like, dude, this must be a pretty big deal if like if I'm hearing about it, you know what I mean? Like, so um and Yeah, were, so, so yeah, like Bill was wearing his AEW Fighter Fest shirt and he was just like walking around the mall. And these two guys stopped him and they're like, Man, that's a nice shirt you got there. And he's like, Oh, thank you, I appreciate it, you know. And they're like, yeah, you know, like my buddy keeps telling me about this, but like I, I just haven't got on board yet. But I heard like Sting's there and like Jericho's there and Moxley's there. And Bill's like, yeah, I'm like CM Punk's going to be there on Friday. And they were like, what? Like, yeah, CM Punk's going to be there. Like, oh, yeah, I got to watch now. Like, and I feel like there's going to be so many people that are like that. I also feel like Punk has a fan base that maybe not even 
are wrestling fans. Yeah. I feel like that punk just gets people's attention. And um, he's really like the anti-establishment John Cena. Like that's really what it ended up being. He was the, the, I'm not saying the biggest draw, but like him and Cena to me were the closest to the generation of like the rock Austin of that generation. Like that is what he is. He's, he's the other part of that. And so for him to go to another company, I think is absolutely enormous. And honestly, for me, I always think it's really sad when you see guys that like have loved something their whole lives and end up hating it. And all I can hope is that Punk signs with AEW and he really finds his love for wrestling again. He is able to use all of his creative ideas. He's not just like told, no, he can't do this and that and all this stuff and like get frustrated. Like he's able to really go out there, perform the way he wants to perform, deliver the stories he wants to deliver. And he leaves on a good note. Like, I think that that would just be a perfect thing for, for CM Punk and at the end of the day, if this works out, like the UFC thing, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't right. matter. Your lasting impression is seeing CM Punk get his ass kicked in the UFC. If your lasting impression is CM Punk having a damn good run in a, a wrestling promotion for two years or whatever, like that's going to mean so much more. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that he's already like, because of the way that AEW operates, I'm sure Punk already has the next I mean, the majority of whatever his contract length is already is probably planned out. They're like, yep. and it's all stuff that he's on board with that's he that he's helped write and create, and he's working with the wrestlers he wants to work with, and it's gonna be he's gonna be set up in like the best position ever. Like, he, they probably know what his pay per view matches are from from now through the next year, and they just kind of work backwards, which is the best way of doing it. So I, I feel like that that uh, it could be too, where it's like, just here's a year deal. We're just gonna do a year deal. We'll see how you like it. If you're if you're happy with being in wrestling again, then we'll talk after that. But like, I don't think it's probably gonna be anything like super committed, unless he really misses it, and he might. He might really miss it, and he's just been playing all along that like you know whatever. Like he's always basically equated wrestling to WWE. And nothing really outside of WWE has really like interested him. So to me, like, I just think it'll be great for him to be able to experience something that he can go in the, out there in front of 14,000 fans and it doesn't have to have the WWE logo on it. You know what I mean? So I think that that's going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be really cool to see. I'm very much looking forward to it. And also like when it comes to the MMA stuff, you know, I've almost played like mental gymnastics with myself at this point to convince myself, like, like, because when you really think about it, even if CM Punk does a lot of MMA type moves when he comes yeah. back into wrestling, I have to look at it from the sense of like, well, the guys he's doing these moves to aren't MMA fighters. Like, outside of like a Jack Swagger or something like that, that's like actually competed, like, Punk has more actual MMA experience than these guys. It's it is kind of weird though when like you're comparing the two because it's like, is this saying that like all pro wrestlers are on like Michael Jackson's fighting level because like Punk because <laughs> Punk can like own these dudes, but like 
Yeah, you know, get speed up over here by drone. He's not talking about the singer Michael Jackson either, by the way. No, sorry, My, Michael Jackson, the the journalist and and photographer that fought CM Punk and defeated and apparently him in the UFC. A pot smoker that made him lose his win. So yeah, whatever. that's a bigger bigger travesty than Nick Diaz's loss to Gomi <laughs> or, or no contest to Gomi. Um, but but yeah, I mean, but it, it's just interesting. It's interesting how it's all kind of come together, and I. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm interested to see how everyone reacts to it. Like, I think that, I honestly think that knowing Punk and knowing that he's going to want to make an impact and do something different, I really think he's going to turn heel sooner than later. Like, it might yeah. not be a right away, but I think the real money there is him coming in and talking about how when he left pro wrestling, he, he hasn't liked wrestling ever since. And he went to MMA because he wanted to be known as something different and, you know, it didn't work out his way, but they offered him so much money that, like, now he's here for the money. So, yeah. you know, I'd I'd like to see something like that. But and and I like that he he help, he has like the comic book fan base type people too, like because he he's in that world and like it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this all how this all plays out. I think it's going to pop a real big rating for Rampage on Friday, um, which leads us to our super chat. Yeah. Um, thanks, John. I really appreciate it. It says, what's up, guys? Realistically, what do you expect the ratings for Dynamite Rampage with Punk and Brian jumping on board? Um, I think I think they're going to hold off on Daniel Bryan for a bit. Probably it, the earliest, I think, is all out for Daniel Bryan, in my opinion. But who knows? I mean, anything can happen right now. Um, but I'm thinking it's going to be close to a million on a Friday with Rampage. Like that's that's pretty good. I mean, they got 740 on the debut. Usually a debut pops one of their highest numbers they'll get for a while. So I think if you put it like around a million, I think that that's probably what it will get. Yeah, I think that's that's a good line of thinking. I mean, 740 was that's a very solid number for a debut episode on a Friday night at 10 p.m. Like and I, if there and- was no NFL preseason, they would have been number one. Like the only thing they got beat by was the NFL preseason, which I mean the NFL is king. So yeah, and that's just gonna happen. That's gonna be a big hit to Monday Night Raw when football comes back as oh well. Oh my god! Um, so it's it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out. Like like Dynamite, the thing with Dynamite, like I'm sure it'll it'll boost their ratings a bit, but I'm also totally fine with kind of the slow and steady what AEW is doing on the rate. I don't need it to be a situation where it's like. They they got a million viewers now they're at you know nine forty and now they're at a million other but then now they're at like three million but then they're back down to like a million or like I just I, I like just the the casual just just keep just keep building the audience yeah. and I think CM Punk's gonna continue to do that I think Dan O'Brien's gonna do that and there's gonna be more people they'll bring in with name value that it's just gonna keep that the effect is there like like the guys you were talking about I have friends like that too that like. When they found out Jericho and Sting and stuff were involved, like yep. as crazy as it sounds, that they hadn't been watching wrestling really since WCW, and they're like, "Well, cool, like I'll tune in to watch Sting on TNT. Like, why not? You know, just right. for the nostalgia at the very least of it." So, right, um, yeah, it's all all of this really exciting stuff. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I appreciate everyone that's here. Uh, if you haven't, please like this video. Um, it's definitely a, a fun time in wrestling right now. And if you have any questions, please submit them into the super chat. It's going to be a pretty busy uh, chat tonight. So if you want your question answered, um, please just send it. It helps us support the channel, and I really appreciate it, guys. Um, 
you know, it's just interesting because to me, it kind of almost feels like, though, like if you throw everything in at once, then I don't think that you can get that kind of slow growth. Like if you separated it, I think you could do that to like, okay, Punk's here, then Daniel Bryan, and then possibly like Adam Cole or Bray Wyatt or whatever, like slowly just keep gaining more and more momentum. You just throw it all in there at once. It's going to be like, oh my gosh. But then it's like, what is TNT? Does TNT expect a big number? This is another thing that I didn't consider that I heard recently. And I think it is very interesting. So when Fox hired Punk, they wanted the WWE to bring him back. And the WWE's claim was basically like, he's not interested. He doesn't want to wrestle anymore. So now that Fox is seeing that CM Punk is going to go to AEW, they're not that happy about that. They're, they feel like that they've been lied to. So I I just think, and, and, it, and from what I understand, I've heard that like WWE and Fox are done. Like after this it is done, they're not happy. It, it did not work out. So it'll be interesting to see like what their home is after this. And like, and I've heard USA isn't happy with how NXT is basically going to have a lot of tapings and not live shows, which they were promised. So it's just really interesting to me how like WWE just seems to want to run business as usual the way that they want to run it and not considering anybody, not the networks, not the wrestlers they hire, not the fans. It's just it's just a really weird, interesting time. Yeah. Yeah. They're just doing their own thing. They're in their own world. Just put it on the show that they want manufacturing. I mean, they're like the North Korea of wrestling. It's like they, they pipe in the most like, they, like, listen, like they pipe in all the fan noise, like to make it seem like people yep. are cheering people. They're not cheering and booing people. They're not booing. And it's all, it's all wrestling propaganda. It's all fake and very, and very little of it's actually wrestling. Like somebody in the chat, a uh, new era 30 or 24. I'll highlight your message here. says, Ask, so Sting is okay, but Goldberg is a problem. It's two completely different scenarios. The ways that those guys are used on the shows are totally different. Is Sting getting the title shot at all out? No. And he's elevating a guy into stardom that is going to be a long-term star for AEW and Darby Allen. Like, it's he's being used completely differently than how Goldberg is. And, I mean, at the, and the same point, too, is, is, like, Sting is one of those things that's, like, he is an attraction. When you buy a ticket, you get to see Sting for the most part, but like you don't always get to see him wrestle, right? Like it's very rare that he wrestles, which tomorrow he's wrestling. It's a big deal. They're making a big deal out of it. First time in 20 years on TNT. But this isn't a normal thing. And I personally, I think if Sting ever did get a title shot, it would have like a story behind it, it would have some buildup. It would probably not even be on pay-per-view. It would probably be like on a Dynamite or a Rampage or something, just like a fun little angle gimmick that they would do. Goldberg, first of all, another thing too, Sting can out-wrestle Goldberg any day of the week. Like Goldberg has two moves at the end of the day. And even a 60-whatever-year-old Sting can still out-wrestle Bill Goldberg. So I... I, I just the whole like veteran thing, the whole like like look how look how AEW uses their veterans, their legends, and look how WWE uses their veterans and legends. Yeah, for sure. I mean that and that's the thing. Like Goldberg comes back. I was a huge Goldberg fan. We talked about that plenty on this show. Like I love Goldberg, but 
the way that he's used on the show, like he comes in and he's seen as better than and bigger than and a bigger star than everyone else that they have. He just comes in and he beats the fiend and the fiends not even in the company anymore. Um, you know, he lost to McIntyre, but I was going to wrestle Lashley and all this, like, but he's always main event, like title challenger level guy that is always seen as a bigger star than everyone else they have, which unfortunately is the truth. Like he is a bigger star than everybody that WWE has. He's still a a bigger name than anyone that WWE has full time by far, you know, of all the people that are currently even a part of the show, only John Cena would be a bigger star than Bill Goldberg right now. Like even to this day, Roman Reigns, there's less people to know about Roman Reigns than know about Goldberg still to this day. If you were asked a hundred random people, that's so, that Dustin Poirier interview was telling. Yeah, he was on the, the MMA Hour on Monday yep. with Ariel Hawani. He had no idea who Roman Reigns was, but he knew who John Cena was. I mean, they're, yep. they're two completely different levels of stars. But but my point is, Goldberg's going to come in. Whether he beats Lashley or not, they've established that he's more important than all the full-timers they have. So, yep. but Sting comes in and he's used totally different. Ric Flair, when he comes in, he'll be used totally different. Arn Anderson and these other legends, if we get a Kurt Angle in AEW, it'll be... They're not going to be the the focus of the show. They're they're like a icing on the cake. They're like a cherry on the top of the, of the cake. It, right. They're not the the cake. So like, yeah, it's it's different things. The companies work very differently. The WWE is just doing their thing. It, it, you know, it's it's just totally. I'm just so uninterested. It's it's not even measurable how uninterested. Well, I, I know a lot of wrestling fans that when they heard it was going to be Roman and Cena. They were interested in SummerSlam, and now that SummerSlam is here, they don't even want to watch it. It's it, it's just nothing for them. I have no idea what the card is. Like I'll, I have it ready to get pulled up if we like when we talk about. It. I have no like that's how little I care. I don't even know. I know it's Cena and uh, and Reigns. That's all I know. Yeah, Edge and Rollins. That's really all I've got too. That's all I know. That's sad um, that I don't care because Edge is one of my favorite wrestlers ever, and Rollins is one of my favorite guys in the last decade. And I don't care at all about watching them wrestle. Right. I feel you. Um, So let's go into rampage and like, what were you happy with the show? I thought it was a really cool show. What I wanted it to be is, was another extension of dynamite. And I felt like that that's definitely what it was. If you could get something that it, it might, it kind of feels like it could be something almost even bigger than dynamite for one hour. And if that's the case, then I think that that's fantastic as well, right? So if we can get something around there, like I would, I would absolutely love it. Imagine, and, and and I felt like that it really helped, like the wait for like from Wednesday to Wednesday, like it's like Wednesday and then there's Friday and then oh wow, Wednesday's already here. Like it just it, it it's awesome. And honestly, I feel like the show could have a second hour. I don't think it's crazy to give that show a second hour. So no, I, um, I really yeah. would. We talked about it before. I really would. If they do a second hour, I'd overlap it with the last hour of SmackDown. Just have those that first hour of Rampage. The, just see how much the audience you can split. Like just yeah. to see. Like if if people that are watching SmackDown would choose to watch AEW instead for an hour, and then they would be unopposed for the second hour. And in Rampage, the show immediately established itself as a must-watch show. The first match. Kenny Omega gets beat for the impact title. Yep. And it's like, holy cow, like this is like you you have to watch this now. Like, you know, stuff like that can happen. We haven't seen Kenny Omega lose on AWTV in like over a year. 
Yep. And and the way it was done was perfect. Like that kill switch on the chair, like he ate that perfectly. I mean, it was and it didn't take any credibility like, from Omega. Nobody feels like Omega job, right? Exactly. They just feel like he got stuck in a bad situation where like he tried to cheat and it backfired and that's why he lost. It's not like oh man, like he got pinned by Christian. That's such a joke. And like, nobody said that after it was over. You know what I mean? In fact, most people really praised Christian after their performance. And it really felt like Christian kind of had it arrived. Like he belonged there. Well, and that's a big thing too, I think, is like when when AEW signed Christian, I think that he put a lot of, I, this is an assumption, but I'm assuming Tony Khan, like part of that hiring process was like, I'm a big fan. You've always been overlooked. Like I'm going to be the one to actually legitimately give you a chance to be a top person here. Like we're like, and this is a big step in that, right? It's like, it's like this, because obviously we saw Christian as a big deal in TNA, but like not in front of an audience, like what AEW is, is right. getting right now, you know, it's a different level. And in the WWE, he was always in the shadow of Edge. He was never he was the yep. world champion, but that was when they that title didn't mean as much as the WWE title. It, it was kind of you know well, what I mean. So he didn't get the title until Edge retired, though, right? Right. That, right. So it was like almost like a. It, it's kind of like the sympathy title where like Eddie died, Rey Mysterio got the title. Otherwise, it was probably never going to happen. Like same thing. Exactly, and and this this of course it was the Impact title, but it's still a big deal because he beat Kenny for it. And he also like like impact with the forbidden door. These belts do matter. Who's holding them? Because the forbidden door concept, so much can happen with that. So they're basically, I think they're giving they gave the ball to Christian. They're like, look, like we we're we have faith in you. We're gonna be the ones to like see if you work as like a legitimate top guy in a major mainstream company. And I don't think he's gonna beat Omega for the the AEW title, but. I'm more interested now after seeing that first match in their rematch it all out. Yeah. And, and I mean, honestly, I still don't know all what's going to happen, right? Like, it's just, that's, that's what I love about AEW. Like, we just don't know. We don't know who's going to show up. I mean, honestly, New Japan guys could show up. Bullet Club could show up. Will Ospreay could show up. There's a lot of people that can just show up in AEW. And we have no idea. And, and that's, and, and one thing that I really, before I'll, I'll get on rampage, but but I really want to hit home is like the full aspect of pro wrestling really looking like a sport with the forbidden door being broken down. Because then it's like since they all can work together, all companies matter more. And if one guy isn't being used in AEW, it can still be used in other companies. So if you didn't get to see the Lance Archer match at Dynamite, but you could watch New Japan Resurgence and watch Lance Archer. Or if you didn't see Christian enough in Dynamite, well, you can catch him on Impact or Moxley in New Japan. And, and like, it's just wild. And, and then not only that, you're seeing top indie guys, Lee Moriarty, uh, Daniel Garcia, Wheeler Yuta like being used. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised tomorrow if Brian Keith gets a shot or Rachel Rose or somebody local here in Houston, like they or Ninja Mac, Ninja Mac was serious. I can see mysterious Q maybe. Absolutely. I mean, like, there's a lot of good ones there. Yep. Yeah. So to me, it's like, um, 
anything can happen. I mean, I know a guy that doesn't want to miss PWG because he's so worried that like he is going to miss somebody just showing up because now anybody can show up. And before it was just kind of like everything was closed door because WWE had NXT on lock, right? Like imagine if Kevin Steen was with AEW and he could still go to PWG. Like that was a huge thing for him and Generico. They they really built uh, a part of that place. And like the Young Bucks could come and show up at PWG again. Like there's so many crazy things that can happen right now. And the WWE is facing literally everybody coming together and they look like the odd man out. They don't look cool. They don't look like they know what they're doing. They're living in their bubble while everybody else is progressing. And it's, it's, it's wild to see. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Because WWE, like, they still have their fans. I mean, they're losing a lot of fans. But they still do have a lot of fans that, like, no matter what, they're, they're going to support the WWE and they're going to watch it. Like, no matter what. Um, but if you want to keep doing that, that's fine. But I'll be over here watching yeah. all the other stuff that we're talking about. like, And you keep um, firing all your great wrestlers, and they'll keep going all the other companies that I'm watching, and it is what it is. Yeah, like I remember in an interview years back, Steen talking about how he was either going to get or had just gotten a PWG tattoo on his body. Like that's how much he loves yeah. PWG. And yeah. yeah, he can't work there if he's with the WWE. But if he was with AEW, he'd be allowed to work there. Like it's... It's wild. And also, uh, um, Dirty, I'm not going to answer that super chat. Like, I hate those kind of questions. I love you for all this, all the support, but like, I'm not going to answer. Dolly, you might want to, if you want to just like address that one real quick, then we can move on. Which one is it? Dirty just sent a question says, who would, uh, who would you cut oh, in okay. AEW basically? And like, okay, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. You, you've got other commitments, but I'll answer the question since he actually sent a super chat. But um, we got other super chats to jump through, and then I'll get to yours dirty, okay? So, Alex, um, what feuds do you see Punk and Brian being in that will take AEW to the next level where the mainstream audience has to tune in? I mean, me personally, I think both guys have to face Kenny Omega at some time. I, I really do. And I really like your idea of Punk being heel and possibly facing Adam Page. Yeah. I think that that's a fantastic uh, way to do things. Um, I think Darby and Punk is really going to get people's attention too, because I think that they cater towards the same audience, um, kind of like the outcasts, um, uh, what is straight edge, like stuff like that. Um, I think that that will be really cool. Um, there's so many different things though. Like the great thing about Daniel Bryan is he's such a great wrestler that, um, he, he can make matches really good that you wouldn't even think, right? Like Daniel Bryan, Ray Phoenix would be incredible, but like, it's not necessarily something you're really like, oh yeah. But like, um, I think Malachi Black and Daniel Bryan would be fantastic. And I mean, there's just so many, what, what like big money matches do you see for those two? I mean, yeah, there's just a lot of options. Like, I mean, you said the one that I've been talking about a lot. I really want Punk versus Hangman. Obviously, it looks like we're going to get Punk versus Darby. 
Brian and Omega, I think, is like the biggest one you can do there. But with Brian, I think it's even more important with the Forbidden Door than anybody because that opens it up to him versus Gresham and Ring of Honor, or him versus yeah. Moriarty on the Indies, or like, yeah. I mean, like that's that's the real key there. Him versus um, Osprey, which we'll talk about resurgence. But like, yeah. I, I thought Osprey's promo was awesome. I saw yeah. it was like dev- like there was like divisive on Twitter though. A lot of people, I know there's people who just don't like Osprey, but there, but it was like. I felt like it was half and half. And I was like, I thought that was a pretty incredible promo they could do. Well, just what's cut. funny to me is they make it out like that it's so outrageous that he's claiming he's the real champion. Uh, he never lost. And the guy that, that got the title, he beat in his last match. So it's a valid claim, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And I do like the story of, like, he's not going back to Japan because they screwed him over. They wouldn't even give him four months. I like how he mentioned that. He's like, Moxley had the title for like a whole year without defending it. And like, I'm out for four months. He called Moxley a wanker. He did. Yeah, that's like, that's hardcore coming from someone from the UK. He calls someone a wanker. Well, I've heard, I'm just throwing it out there that they said that Moxley could be facing somebody from New Japan and it might not be Tanahashi. So take that (laughs) for what you will. I swear to God, if I get Osprey and, and, and Moxley for All Out, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess those would be my answers. I, I'm trying to think if there's anyone in, like, AEW right now that's a little more under the radar that I would think that it would be a lot of fun. Like, obviously, like, Brian and Dante Martin. Yeah. Daniel Garcia. I'm assuming Daniel Garcia is going to get signed by AEW if he hasn't right. already. Like, Daniel Garcia and, and Brian, obviously – um, I mean, I think Punk and like Orange Cassidy could be interesting. Like, just like the way that Punk would like react to him. You know what I especially, mean? Like, especially heel Punk. Yeah, that's exactly. Like, I you know just you know just that kind of stuff. Um, Chuck Taylor's got like he was around for so long that like I wonder if they ever really crossed paths. I'm sure him and Brian Danielson probably did. I don't know about him and Punk, but Punk and Jungle Boy or something would be fun. Yeah, and I think that's more so what we're going to get from Punk. is like, it'll be, he'll have, like, his title matches here and there probably, but I think it's going to be mainly him versus, like, younger guys that he just hasn't wrestled before. Yeah, I think that's really what he's interested in is working with people he hasn't worked with before. I don't see, I don't think there's going to be, like, a lot of, like, Punk and Jericho and stuff like that. Like, I think it's going to be more so, like, the younger guys that need more attention Punk and MJF would be very interesting. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention that, especially because, you know, MJF would totally yeah. go for the throat and talk about how bad he was in the UFC. But so, and then Punk, but like the thing that Punk's going to have over all these guys is going to be able to say, at least I had the balls to actually fight someone for real. Right. Like that's like, that's, he's always going to have that in his back pocket, no matter what somebody says about him. Right. Um, so, and, and there's always like, there's the picture of uh, MJF with Punk. You right, know, like as a kid, so I think he could throw that out there too. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty good. <laughs> so, how do you, uh, thanks, Alexander, for the super chat. So, how do you feel about the four man commentary team? I wasn't a fan of Jericho on commentary, to be honest. I will give it time. So, I feel like that Jericho has had better days on commentary, especially when he was doing dynamites when they were like during the pandemic at the beginning and stuff. I thought he did pretty well. Um, I think everybody was just really excited, honestly. And it's only an hour, so you're just trying to get in your stuff and all that. 
I felt like the guy that got really exposed, in my opinion, was Mark Henry. Yeah. I didn't think he did a good job on commentary. I didn't think he did a good job backstage interview. It was a really bad backstage interview. Right. Like, oh, man, Christian, I'm so proud of you. Like, it just – it. It came off very generic, fake WWE-like. It did not really look authentic. And in the commentary, it was like, okay, let's try to get Mark in and when we can. And like it, it was messy. I, I feel like they're definitely going to make changes. I don't think it's the four-man booth and only the four-man booth. Like they'll see what works and what doesn't. Yeah, if it was up to me, it would be just Excalibur and Jericho, but. I also get like J- J- that wasn't Jericho's best line of commentary either. I'll no. be honest; like he was definitely yelling and all over the place and stuff. Um, the reason the I, like, crowd was the crowd was crazy, so I really yeah. feel like that was part of it too. Where like Jericho is just trying to like because they're pretty close to the crowd, and Jericho is just trying to like talk over the crowd, and it came across that way. And I think it was too much. Yeah, and I like Jericho on commentary so much because. He's he's he has a different level of credibility than anyone else you can you can get because of like how long he's been around and like kind of what he means in wrestling. But he's also still tapped in enough to know what's cool in wrestling, like proven by having a death match with Nick Gage on TNT and stuff like the whole labors of Jericho thing. Like he clearly is still thinking on these different levels, I think, than than most wrestling fans and, and other wrestlers like so he he wants to get these people over like he wants to put them over on commentary and, get, and be and help them become bigger stars um so yeah I, i'm not a big fan of the four band booth either the mark henry definitely seems the most out of place like i like you just mentioned i thought it was really bad backstage like i he'll, he'll get better with more time yeah. but there's also people that are just like ready for that job like that you can right. just have do it um so we'll we'll see, um, but I don't like the idea of four man booths just to begin with. Like yeah. I, I prefer a two person. Uh, that's my preference. So anything over two is kind of a cluster frick to begin with for me. So yeah, I'm with you there. Um, Sean, appreciate the super chat. Any predictions for how Punk debut segment is and should be presented? Um, personally, I don't think we're gonna get a lot. I think we're gonna get a confirmation he's here. I think we're going to get a um, him coming out to Colts of personality. I think you're going to possibly get like him and Darby doing a stare down or something. And I think that that's going to be how they end the show. And then you're going to need to watch dynamite for him to actually talk and all that stuff. Uh, but that's, that's kind of how I think it'd be. It'd be interesting though. Like what if you just started the show off? Like the crowd's like, it's just the crowd, nothing else, no music. And then all of a sudden, punk's music and he walks right out just to start the show off that'd be sick yeah i i think that they're gonna have to set aside i think we're gonna get like one maybe two fairly quick quick matches i would just have punk for the last half hour of the show yeah like um what i would personally do i'd have darby and sting come to the ring it'd be very simple it'd just be darby in the ring you're just going like you here you know what I mean? Just like pretty much just like say pretty much nothing. Like, are you here or not? You know what I mean? Right. And then just punk comes out like just yeah. super simple. It's like, everyone wants it. Everyone knows what they're there for. Everyone knows what they want to get. Punk, Darby has been teasing it over and over. And it's like, I basically been cheesing that, that someone's going to be here tonight. Let's see if he's got the balls to show. Like, is he here? Where are right. you? And, right. he, and like, and there's no, like, 
There's no like waiting till later in the show or like, are we going to get an answer from CM Punk by a certain time or whatever? It's just, he just comes out and answers the call. Like, yeah. you know, and then, and then they have their stare down. He grabs the microphone. He says what he needs to say. I mean, there's going to be CM Punk chance for like 10 minutes straight with just nobody doing anything else, but just taking that whole thing in. So, um, so yeah, I would, I would have it just very, like you said, I just have it very simple. Him pretty much just coming out because everyone's already, everyone's already wants it. So just give it to us. Yeah. No, I feel you. Um, it's going to be interesting, but also I kind of feel like that they're going to keep like it till the end. So they have everybody's attention till the end instead of just like giving it right away. And I also feel like that they're going to try to fit in a couple things. I mean, this is a big crowd, right? So I feel like they're going to give them some pretty good matches, honestly. So it'll be interesting. Um, this is going to be the now. first time. This is going to be the yeah. first time since CM Punk left wrestling that a crowd of people are going to be chanting CM Punk during other people's matches, and it's not actually an attack on the wrestlers. It's, right. it's, it's, or it's the like company. It, or the company. Like it's yeah, it's literally just that. The, there's going to be no stopping them from chanting CM Punk the entire night. So like. Um, it's going to be kind of a tall task for whoever's in the ring, but it's going to be a really cool experience because it's going to be loud as hell in that place. So, Yeah, for sure. All right, I'll get to the dirty question. Dirty, uh, who in AEW would you cut? Um, and I think that this has become a popular topic just because they see so many guys coming in, and it's like, who like do you feel like was there to kind of start things off and – there but they don't really have a fit and i mean you see a lot of it on bte but like i'd let go of peter avalon i thank you for your service but you can go um i'm not a big fan of Dolph Ziggler's brother i didn't think kip sabian worked out um you know i there there's certain people like that that i would probably let go uh this max caster thing is looking ugly i don't know where they're going with this uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Steven, but like he's literally liked NXT and WWE things on his Twitter for like the past like 14 days and nothing else. I saw that he like unfollowed a bunch of AEW people and he's like selling his AEW gear and stuff. It's yeah. either it's either he's been let go or it's like the most Immature. intricate or, or it's like the most intricate storyline ever. Like that could be true too. Like you, you know. never know how they spin it. One thing that I, I do think, though, that, that needs to be said is, uh, me personally, I think it's an overreaction, but I will say this, and it's on a lot of people, though. Like, they aired that on Dark. They had a chance to preview that or at least come up to Tony and be like, hey, he brought up this. Do you still want to air it? Like, there's a lot of people at fault for this thing. But, like, at the end of the day, I don't think Max can continue on with this gimmick if he is coming back. Because... Now the microscope is on him and he has to say something that makes the crowd go, Oh, otherwise it's a total dud. And, and people will know that Tony neutered his raps. So then nobody's going to buy into it. And if he doesn't do anything where it's like, Oh, then, and, and my opinion, if he says something like that, the same people that are upset right now will blow up Tony's Twitter and AEW's Twitter every single week. So in my opinion, Platinum Max, the gimmick is done. You can't go back to it. And those are really valid points. It's going to be interesting. I know he's losing indie bookings over it. Um, you know, 
No, I think it was a bit of an overreaction in in certain in certain ways. Yeah, like I don't like I don't know if he should have lost his job over this. There there needed to be punishment in some way, shape, or form. Because like you, there has to be like a some sort of checks and balances there of like what you can and can't say. But at but at the same time, you're like, it, how many people did I go through before it got on television? So those people need to be accountable too. That that put it on television. Right. Um, I mean, it's just a mess. And then it's also like, it's rap and it's supposed to be edgy and like, it has to be. And so that's what I'm saying is like, I'm not blaming them necessarily, but I am saying you can't have that gimmick and him not be offensive. He has to be able to pop the crowd and get them to go. Oh, because there's been times where he's hit lines and they haven't worked and it, feels awful it's just a total dud and he just tries to keep going you know what i mean so he had and and like let's be honest cena with that gimmick that's what made him a superstar like and he was offensive he said a lot of things that would be misogynistic and homophobic and all these other things and it got him super over so that was in 2003 though i get it i'm not saying that this gimmick has to um Stan, I'm just saying people that are a fan of this gimmick, I don't think it can I don't think it can be here in 2021 in AEW. I just don't think it works. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that all plays out. Yeah. So, anyways, that's that's like four guys I can name. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of like a sunny kiss either. Like there's there's a lot of them that I feel like that that they sign and it it hasn't really worked out that they're that they're still trying to figure out what to do with them, but we'll see what happens. Um so yeah, with speaking of somebody getting signed, Fuego de Sol. Well, how'd you think that that worked? I thought that that was a really cool segment. I thought that they did it really well. It, it made you feel kind of like the love of the company and how much everybody gets along backstage and like how happy of a moment it was for everybody, like Tony coming out and giving the contract to Sammy and Sammy being able to present it and like, it, it kind of, to me, like, it, it showed the heart of AEW that you don't really necessarily see a lot in WWE anymore. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like an organic, authentic moment. It seemed like he legitimately didn't know. I mean, I, I think he was, I, I can't, I might have seen something on, like, YouTube or something where I he, I'm sure he was told before he went out there, like, stay in the ring afterwards. But I don't think yeah. he was told specifically, like, they were going to give him a contract. And no time. offense to Sammy, I don't think he can act that that good. Like the guy was about to cry and stuff like that. Like I don't, I don't think he could have pulled that off if it was just totally scripted. In my opinion. yeah. When I thought the actual uh, match was booked well too between him and Miro, because yeah. he went up there, he hit like the three tornado DDTs or whatever, almost got him counted out. And like I liked how the commentary actually mentioned like he wouldn't win the title for in this situation, but like, it's bigger that he'd win the match. Cause he would get a, a contract. Like, so he's, he's basically saying like, I, you know what I mean? When he was waiting for Miro to get counted out, he's basically, all right, I, I, you know, the title's cool, but like, I get a contract if I win this match. So he wanted Miro to, to get counted out. And then uh, Miro just looks like a boss after that, which he's totally turned the corner for me. Like since he's been doing these promos about he used his, to hate him. Well, it hates a pretty you know what I mean strong though. Like, word, I don't, yeah. You were even talking yeah. about like, you know, I didn't want him in AEW. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've torn a pretty pretty but hard on you, it. But don't you think that that just shows how good this company is at booking? Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. And whatever, and I think he has 
because at first I didn't like it either. I didn't like the game, the him. I said like game over the whole. That's his move now, but like the whole uh, him and Sabian and Penelope. I didn't really yeah. like. I liked the arcade match that they had. I thought that yeah, was pretty yeah. badass. But like I didn't like the gimmick, the best man thing, and all that. But now that he is just like talking about like his flexible wife and how God favors him over others, and like that's why he's gonna win matches, like. That's awesome. Like not only that, he has been having competitive matches. He had a competitive match with Darby, had a competitive match with Lee Johnson, even had a competitive match with Fuego. So it's not like there he's just going in there and just completely steamrolling these guys. But by the time the match is over, he looks like a killer. So and I like that he's changed that that camel clutch into like the where he falls back with it. It looks way more brutal. Yes, and do you remember when he first um, debuted? Like. He didn't look athletic. He got injured right off the bat. Like, it was just like, what is this? It felt like WWE Rusev, like, and, and like, but like, there was a certain shift where all of a sudden he like looked athletic and a beast. And like, I still really want to see him and Ishii. Like, I think that yeah. that, that would be an amazing match, but I, I agree. I think he's looked great. Um, I think the title has definitely helped him. And I've also I, one thing I love about the TNT title is everyone that's carried that thing has elevated it, and so like it just it, it it comes across as a legit like if Kenny had to face Miro if that was the announcement for like All Out, Kenny would be freaking out, and people would believe that Miro has a real chance. In the WWE, if it was just like the Intercontinental Title versus the Champion, people would be like, oh, that's that's not anything that's going to be over in five minutes you know what i mean so they they've really put credibility to all their belts yeah they definitely have and speaking of that um because I, we got to move on to the uh, these other shows because we only got about another hour and 15 minutes but um but speaking of titles Britt baker women's champion that was a great reaction she got in pittsburgh britsburgh yeah. i love the uh the terrible that towels was, and all that looks great that's, yeah it looks great on tv yeah, so, and I like that they gave them the main event. Like, I, I thought it was smart how they kicked the show off with the Omega, uh, the title change to Christian, and then, like, they stuck to their guns, and, like, that's something I think AEW's doing a really good job with, too, is, like, they're sticking to their guns. Like, whatever they think is the best story in the best order for their matches on their shows, like, that's, they stick to it. Like, Britt Baker should be the main event in her hometown with the world title. And like, I mean, like there's, it makes, and it makes the women's division look like way more legitimate every time they do that kind of stuff. And that's a big criticism for AEW kind of since the beginning is like their women's division isn't super strong, like the WWE, but they have slowly built it to something that I do think looks pretty good right now. Yeah. And, and they're given Brit main events. I mean, and they're really spotlighting her and they made her the biggest deal on her hometown. I mean, that's, in the WWE, just for example, usually when you're in your hometown, you get your ass kicked in front of all your friends and family, and they make you look like a loser in front of everyone. Well, and also, if you're just like, if you're not a huge name, they don't even make a big deal that you're from that hometown. Like, they don't, it's not a big deal. Tonight on AW Dark, they announced Lee Moriarty from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. They, it was from there, and he was getting, he was getting Lee chance the whole match. Yep. Nope. I mean, and that's all it took. I mean, I'm sure there was some of the fan base that knew him from the Indies, but a lot of people, there was just the hometown guy, and like yep. they got behind him. It's like that at the UFC, right? Like if you go there live, those would be like, oh yeah, whoever this guy is, and they'll be like from Houston, Texas. I'll be like, yeah, <laughs> you know. 
so it's the same thing. But um, yeah, uh, what do you know about Jamie Hader? Not a whole lot, to be honest. Okay. So, Although I did, I did see Masha Slamovich was on Dark tonight. Yep. I think that AEW should sign her. I, I've liked her oh. for a while on the Indies. So this, uh, I love seeing her on the show tonight. Man, if, if if Ring of Honor doesn't sign Roxy, then you take her too because she's yeah. she's great. Um, and I watched two matches in the Indies between Masha and Roxy, so they were both uh, really really good. Especially yeah. the, the last one I saw was a street fight. I mean, they went through tables, they slammed each other through chairs, like they did uh, all sorts of stuff in that match. That's awesome. Yeah, Slamovich is she's a lot of fun. I like Roxy a lot too. She so. impressed me also in the uh, VXS with Daniel Garcia. That was like, really, really good. That was honestly. If you can do that, then you can be in AEW. That was one of the best intergender matches I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, like the only ones that I think might top that are like tessa and sammy that's like, exactly what i was gonna yeah. say i think tessa and sammy's like the best intergender matches i've ever seen <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd i'd agree with that i've seen chris Statlander have some good ones on the indies but like the Slamovich and, and garcia one definitely Speaking stands out lander it seems like it's gonna be her and brit next which uh, yeah i'm all for that yeah 100 percent. good stuff okay what people uh, thanks Chris for the super chat. What people don't realize in pro wrestling is based on violence and conflict, so a woke PC product won't work. Caster didn't even say anything that bad. And I mean, listen, I am with you on the idea that I think that they overreacted, but I also know that in a corporation nowadays, like these people are handcuffed. They can't just let things slide anymore. They get they lose sponsorships, they lose all sorts of stuff and they freak out and they have to do something. The only thing that bothers me is, is it wasn't like Max went out there on live TV and did this rap. This thing was taped. They could have deleted it. They could have never, this could have never happened. And I feel like Max has taken the fall for it. And I don't think that that's necessarily fair. I'm saying he is at fault for sure, but I don't think so. But I also think that Tony needs to go back and listen to a lot of other stuff he said. Cause I mean, he was, he was trashing Biden. He was trashing PCR tests, COVID stuff. Like he, he said a lot of stuff that I know that Tony would be upset about that, that never was addressed. And then also, I think one thing that really bothered him is he's on a weekly TMZ show doing freestyle raps about what was going on with current stuff. And he would trash LeBron or he would do whatever else. So anything that was part of pop culture, he was dissing. And so it was just part of his gimmick. And uh, I don't think that he took into consideration the backlash of what would happen. And so it is what it is. But at the same point, you know, this company says the S word a lot. They they definitely are edgy in certain ways. They had a death match with Nick Gage. So it's not like it's just totally PC, but it is kind of weird. I feel like it's got like an ECW attitude era but more like a PC social justice type of culture as well. So it's a mix. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it is an interesting, because I do think he is taking the fall for a lot of people, but like he also, it, it just depends on what you're, I what kind of where you think the line should be. And that's just going to be different for everybody. Like, yeah. um, like, do I think certain things he said were that bad? No. But I also don't think it's, like, smart to be joking about Duke lacrosse and stuff. I just don't think that's, like, a yep. smart thing to, like, you don't, like, because that's, I mean, it's a 
you can't say it on YouTube. It's an RAPE joke. I mean, like yep. straight up. Like I know that the guys were not like they, they were innocent when they went through like the process and everything. But like the joke is about that. So it's like yep. you're gonna get backlash from that. Um, so I mean, it just is what it is. The Simone Biles stuff, like that was a big topic in yep. in pop culture at the time. So it's like you, you, yeah, you all, I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Charlotte was on Raw, and she basically threw her under the bus too, and nothing happened. So that's I really I'm think like. it was the I really think it was the Duke Lacrosse line that like really put it over the the edge for them is was my yeah. feeling. Yeah, um, because there's just no way of like even framing that in any other way other than like that's what the joke was about. And it's like, oh yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, it's hard to get behind yeah, that I mean, one. That's that's my thing, and that's my concern about certain people if they were to get signed, like you're going to have people that are going to flood TNT and everybody else. And they're going to try to bring up stuff. And it's, it's really up to the company to stand up for these guys. Like if people wanted to buy into the Darby Allen speaking out stuff, he's gone. And then guess what? Because he's gone. Other indie promotions would be like, well, I can't touch him with a 10 foot pole because then they'll be mad at me. And Darby's career is over. Like that's the way that this thing is going. And I, and I don't, I don't agree with it, but it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast in itself for sure. Um, <laughs> Next. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about some, another wrestling show. So, so what's cool, right, is that we had Kenny Omega defend the Impact title on Friday night and come Saturday night, he's in Mexico defending the AAA title against Andrade. And oh, by the way, Ric Flair decides to show up as well, right? Like that was that was wild. And um, I really think that uh, that Flair, like, I don't know what it was, but when I saw, like, Flair and Omega, like, talking and chopping each other, I was just like, this is this forbidden door is just wild. Like, it's something I never thought I'd see. You know what I mean? Um, they have to do su- it. They have to do surprised? Omega versus Flair. Right? And you know Flair. <laughs> so I, did you listen to um, – Conan talk about what happened backstage. Mm-mm. So they said that like uh, Flair was basically just like Brent coming as a favor for Andrade, but he wasn't really booked on the show. And he's like, he just wants to be in the crowd to watch me. And Conan was like, well, crap, if he's there, like, let's go ahead and use him as your, as your guy. And he's like, I mean, okay. So they asked Flair like, Hey, you'd be willing to like go in there and chop and, you know, possibly do like the figure four. And he was like, absolutely. Right. So he says that Flair's like backstage and he's talking to him and Flair's in a suit. He's got like, you know, he's got watches and his gold rings and all this stuff. And while he's talking to Conan about a match that they had at like nine bash at the beach, 94 or 96 or whatever it was. Conan's like, dude, he remembers everything by the way. He's doing Hindu squats in a suit getting ready to go out there. Like he's so ready to have another match. I think it's hilarious, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. So dude, they got to do it. Like, cause you know, you know, Kenny is going to make him look good. Oh, and, yeah. and Flair doesn't have to do hardly anything. Kenny will sell his ass off. It'll yeah. look like Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan, SummerSlam. Yeah. Except Kenny respects <laughs> Rick probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and that was, it was honestly like I feel crazy even saying that, but like I feel like you might as well just do it. Like the forbidden, do you know what I would do? What would you I would, I would have, 
I'm I, I am unironically saying this. If Ric Flair is capable of taking any bumps, well, obviously his health comes first, right? Like, if he, this is assuming he can get cleared and like his you know his body can handle it, and I know he's had health issues over the years. Like I and he's older, I totally get that. But dude, I I'd have him beat Nick Aldis for that NWA title. Especially, oh, especially oh, because Cena, like, especially if Cena winds up getting that next world title reign sometime, like oh, Flair 17. can Flair can stay above him with the NWA title, and then you do Kenny versus Flair, and that's how Kenny gets the NWA title. Nice. I don't know who this guy is, but he's like, I'm here for my guy Jensen. Yeah, this is my dude. Yeah, um, SP3. He's yeah, he's awesome. We big big Mighty Ducks fan as well. I sent him a picture of my Funko Pop collection that I got uh, of them nice. the other day. I sent it to you too, but yep. um, you were the only two people I sent it to that I knew it uh, would appreciate it. What's up, SP3? Yeah, that's good people there. Check out the, that YouTube channel, everyone watching right now. True Heel Heat Wrestling. Shout out to SP3. I'm Doug. How's it going? Yes. Um, also, yeah, Charlotte Flair was backstage too, and uh, she she kind of ditched the house show to do it they said that she, <laughs> that she was cards, advertised for it <laughs> she was advertised for it so how does that work so either you you're admitting that you lied to your customers or you're trying to like say face that she pulled one over on you i i don't know but somebody said in a tweet that her contract is up after SummerSlam. <laughs> but this year know. like like this like, year. like like this weekend <laughs> this weekend no way. I don't know if that's true or not, but hey, Adam Cole's contract is up this weekend. Uh, Pete Dunn's contract is up this weekend. So maybe there's like a slew of guys and girls contracts that are up this weekend. Like, who knows? Dude, I mean, I've been saying it since the second Andrade bailed. Like, and now it's even more so that Ric Flair is, I mean, because you know Ric Flair's going to show up on AEW as Andrade's manager any day now. Hold, hold like, on, but here's the thing. Do you just say, we messed up with Vicky Guerrero, we messed up with Chavo, we didn't know we were going to get Ric Flair and put him with Ric Flair? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, you either have him, like, lead kind of the whole group of them, or you figure out a way around it to where they they pretty much do what you just said. I mean, the only other person I would say, like, if they wanted to pair Ric Flair with MJF, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would um, be interesting. But... I mean, the Andrade thing is just so natural, and we've already started seeing it in AAA. Um, I would, I mean, personally, I never thought that Vicky was the best fit for him outside of the link to Eddie. I hate um, it. I hate it because I, I, I don't think that that's the type. If Andrade's coming in with a hype, I don't think that that's the type of guy to debut with like such a uh, an, uh, obnoxious heel. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it just didn't make sense to me. I got it because it's, like, Eddie's wife and, like, the lineage. Right. And I get it, but I didn't like it. And same with Chavo. But, I mean, if the idea – I'm not – this isn't me, like, trying to pigeonhole anybody because of their ethnicity. But I'm just saying, like, if, if their goal was, like, to have, like, a Hispanic stable and, like, that was what they've been building around Andrade right now – they can still do that with other Hispanic wrestlers. Like there have, there's plenty on AEW's roster. Like they can pivot and like Andrade can be like, Hey, this isn't working out. I appreciate it. But like Ric Flair is basically my dad now. And like, he's here and like, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to pass up the nature boy. Sorry. Um, and then they, they can, you know, 
there's once again there's there's a lot of Hispanic wrestlers they can build a group like I want to see a new LWO type faction like I I actually think that'd be awesome yeah um, but I Not think right. that yeah but I but I think that like if given the option like Andrade with Chavo and Vicky or Andrade with Ric Flair like I'm taking Ric Flair ten out of ten times yeah no I I get it um. I think the Lucha Bros are definitely bouncing and going with Andrade eventually. They they won the AAA titles, correct? Yeah, they already had them, I think, but they retained oh, them. Okay, they retained them, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, but I still think that that's eventually what's going to happen. Um, Pack and Andrade is also official for All Out. That's a fantastic match. That should be really good. Um, and I'm not really I'm not really understanding necessarily why Meltzer like has such a problem with Andrade's ring style. Like I get it the first time, but I thought the Kenny match was I mean, they, they went to war pretty good. I don't feel like that he brought his WWE stuff and Andrade was super pissed about that. Plus, you know, the Charlotte thing and all that. They've definitely created some heel heat with him and Meltzer. Yeah, that that's its own thing. I mean, that's that just is what it is. I think I think part of it is exactly that. I think part of Meltzer's uh kind of hi- recent history with Charlotte's just kind of clouding what he feels about Andrade. Yeah, if I'm being honest. Yeah, um, that's fair. Because because I mean, if you look at, I have the whole AAA card pulled up in front of me. I. I mean, I really like the tag team match. Like, I really like the Lucha Bros match with yeah. uh, Taurus and uh, Brian Cage and uh, Vikingo and uh, Laredo Kid. But, yeah. um, you know, in that match and the Omega Andrade match, like, those really stood out to me as easily the best matches of the, of the night. So, like, yeah. you know, I don't, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything. Like, I, I thought it was the best Andrade's looked post WWE, I would say. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. And, uh, um, Deanna Perrazzo also won the title, so now she's kind of becoming the belt collector. Yep, I thought that was good. I mean, I thought the match was okay. Uh, Fabia Apache's okay. I think Deanna's just on a little bit different of a level. I wasn't the biggest fan of that show. Like, the camera angles were insane. Like, I didn't, uh, like, Brian Cage was on the card too, but like, I really was there for Omega and Andrade, and really that was it. So, did you watch the opening match with like the superheroes? No, do you even know what I'm talking about? Nope. Dude, the show opened, like, when I turn it on, I turn on, uh, was it Fight TV that I was watching off of? Yeah, it was Fight TV, wasn't it? I they, watched uh, on Twitch. Oh, Twitch, that's right, that's right. I, I got I get all these shows mixed up, which on yeah, Fight, what's on what. But, yeah, I watched it on Twitch, that's right, because, like, that, yeah, I was probably watching the same thing you were. And I turn it on, and the first thing I see is a guy dressed as Spider-Man hanging upside down on a wire, like Shawn Michaels style, like in WrestleMania, but like slowly, like getting to the ring, just kind of hanging upside down. I was like, Oh my God, like this is the, this is how this show is kicking off. And the match was like, it was all these wrestlers dressed up as superheroes wrestling each Mm. other. They weren't using their real names. They were all Mm. the, the funniest thing about a show like this to me is stuff like that. And also like, uh, after the, I think it was after the Mr. Iguana, um, uh, battle Royale win where like, there was a solid, like 20 minute, like storyline segment that happened that I didn't have a damn clue what was going on the entire time. Yeah. Like I said, I, I didn't even know what about any of the backstory or anything. I was just there for Andrade and Omega. I didn't stay for the main event or whatever it was. So, yeah. Um, but it was a good match. 
Um, it's pretty wild to see mm-hmm. like Ric Flair putting Conan in a, a figure four and then Andrade putting Kenny in the figure mm-hmm. four. I really thought that Kenny was going to lose. So I was surprised that he won. Um, so the belt collector thing is still alive. I think he's going to win the Impact title back from Christian. Like maybe Christian has to put it on the line at all out and it's title for yeah. title to like kind yeah. of spice it up a little bit. Um, but I, I think Kenny's going to keep winning them. I really think he's going to get the NWA title. I think he's got a shot again the MLW title with Daniel Garcia or um, with Wheeler Yuta being involved in AEW. Like I could see him going after the IWTV title. Like there, maybe the GCW title. I mean, like I think Kenny's going to keep it rolling, man. This is Kenny this and is fun times. And GCW, do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cardona with the G. I, I don't know who he's. Have they announced who he's defending against at the next GCW show? I have show? a feeling it's going to be just like Hornswoggle or something like that. Like it is not going to be anything, you know. Like Alex Cologne was like, "Give me a shot." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's not happening." No, I, yeah, Cardone. It's been interesting because he's basically saying like he's not going to have death matches. He's no. like, "I had my one big death match. I bled all over the sheets at uh, my hotel room, and <laughs> I'm gonna I'm death match king. <laughs> I've already proved it, so I'm done." So yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go from there. And then also last weekend we had New Japan um, resurgence. Uh, the show started off kind of the the the. The stream was bad the first match, but then it fixed itself. I was surprised to see Wheeler Yuta there. I was also surprised to see Leo Rush. Like, I thought he retired, but apparently he's he did. Back. He retired, and then he recently got, like, some sort of really good medical news. And then he said, I think at the last I had heard, he's fulfilling the dates that he had he had committed to before he retired, and then he's going to go back away. But he's apparently healthy enough that he can – do the matches that he had committed to before his retirement. But I think he's the kind of guy, and this is not a knock against him or anyone in his kind of boat. Like I, I just exactly what you're going to say. What, what I'm going to say. Well, he's just one of those guys that like, he, he feels like it's over and then he comes back cause he's feeling better. And like, he gets down on himself too hard. And then he's like, feels great. Well, I also think he has, like, passions outside of wrestling. Like, I think he likes doing music and being an artist and stuff. So, like, I think he's just – I don't think he'll ever fully commit to pro wrestling, Um, which isn't always – I mean, to each his own. Like, I'm not against even, like, the weekend warrior-type guys who, like, only wrestle local shows on weekends and, like, have no aspirations of – making it big or going anywhere else. Like, I mean, do, do what makes you happy. I mean, I think Leo Rush is one of the best entering wrestlers in the world. Still. He's really exciting to watch in the ring. Um, but I just don't know. I just don't think you can like invest a lot into him, like long-term because I feel like there's always the chance that he'll kind of dip his toe out and come back in and out. And in. Yep. so, yeah. yeah. Like I said, if he announces his retirement again, he'll probably be back, you know, um he's still very young so yeah that's that's the thing too it's it's hard to to take it too seriously but i mean he always complains how hurt he is and beat up so we'll see but uh yeah so so some surprises there and then you know uh my boy osprey came out you know i i i i I don't even necessarily know why i love that guy so much but i mean he is my favorite wrestler in the world right now if if I could see anybody go to AEW, like that would be my number one pick. But um, 
I'm super happy he's medically cleared. We'll see how long it lasts. I mean, I don't know how you come back from a broken neck in four months, but hey, whatever. He's 28 years old. Uh, he is an absolute athletic freak. And uh, I'm very curious to see where they go with this. I mean, to me, if you just book Osprey on New Japan Strong, I just don't feel like that's enough. So I feel like he needs to get involved in this forbidden door somewhere. And uh, it'll be interesting what happens with that. And then, in my opinion, match of the night, Ishii Moose. I thought it was great. I was super excited when they announced it. I thought it delivered. Um, thought it was dope. And then also, I, I liked. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't the biggest fan of the Jay White match. I felt like it went really long, and it just never really gained the momentum it needed. Uh, and I thought that uh, the main event, Tanahashi and Lance Archer, was good. And Tanahashi now has the New Japan title, the U.S. title, so it'll be interesting where they go from there. Yeah, I thought Ishii versus Moose was the best match of the whole weekend, like on any show. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. I mean, Moose is just a star. Like I say it all the time. I just I don't I don't know what the reservation has been with Impact Wrestling outside of like them not knowing if he's going to resign at certain times. But he, he's there. He's signed. Like yeah. he like the guy looks like a star. He's so much better at wrestling than he was even just a couple years ago. Yep. He's not the best on the mic, but he's way better than he used to be. Dude, when and he it, first started, I mean bad right like he had uh stokely hathaway or whatever as his uh manager but like when when he lost stokely and he tried to talk on his own like it was not good he's gotten so much better and he's in so much better shape than what he was when he first started as well i mean he is shredded now like he's ready he's ready to be a guy looks like a star carries himself like a star like Checks all the boxes you you would want out of like a face of your company, too, right? Because when I see that guy, I think like Vince's like dream, yeah. And, like it's not not there for him. He's not interested, and so like I don't. And I remember when I saw Keith Lee, I thought Vince would love Keith Lee, and like I just don't even know if I know what Vince likes anymore. I think that there was interest in the WWE for Moose this last time he was about to be out of contract, but I think. I think a big motivating factor for people to re-sign with Impact right now is the Forbidden Door. Because if you're yeah. signing with Impact, that means you can still be on AEW. Yep. So, um, I mean, the Good Brothers, they might as well just be on AEW. Right, right? exactly. They're, they're on AEW all the time. And you know Jordan Grace is like fiending to get over there and do some stuff in the AEW women's division. And Deanna Perrazzo is collecting belts. So, I mean, it's just Deanna a matter Perrazzo of time. Deanna is going to happen. It's yeah, for sure. going to happen. And then on the other side, you had Tomohiro Ishii, who, like, I mean, my favorite my favorite New Japan wrestler ever is Nakamura, but, like, Ishii's, like, really damn close at this point for me. Like, I am, I love Tomohiro Ishii. He's so much fun to watch wrestle. He's so believable. He sells so good. And stuff. He does a very basic moveset, but it makes, he makes everything look like it would really hurt. Like, I, you know, his brain buster is, like, a pretty much a basic vertical suplex, but like he's gotten it over to the point where he can finish matches with it. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I like how he's got like that different kind of body type. He's like this short kind of chubby looking dude, but like wrestles his ass off. Yeah. Um, and also on the show, it was great to see Shibata come out. Like he got, yeah. to, you know, it's yeah. just always a little bittersweet. Cause like, I want to see him wrestling. Um, Cause he was my favorite. Like when Nakamura left new Japan, I was all Shibata. Like it was just yeah. like, from here on out, like, this is my guy from now on. 
uh, him and Ishii, Shibata and Ishii. And those guys were having matches against each other that was like blowing my tits off. I was like, these guys <laughs> are killing each other out here. Like, I have not seen this kind of stuff in a while. Yeah. Um, that's also the reason that Shibata like can't wrestle anymore is because of, of having those kind of matches with guys like Ishii, unfortunately. But they also announced that the G1 is returning. So there will be a G1 in September. And Osprey said he will not be in it, which yeah. honestly I think is a great idea. That kid cannot go and have like 15 matches and be like these brutal matches. Like give him some rest, maybe have him wrestle like I don't know, 10 times or whatever, but he's not going to. You know, he's already wrestling twice in England this weekend. He's got, I believe it. He's got Doug Williams. Um, Doug Williams is still wrestling? Yes. He's got Doug Williams at RP uh, for the RPW title this weekend. And then he's also wrestling another guy. I don't know who it is, but it's also for RPW. So, um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I, that guy's going to do what he's going to do. So yeah. What I like is, and I like the idea of him in storyline being like, I'm not going to be in the G1 because I never lost this title. So like, I'm yeah. only coming to fight for titles. Like, I'm not. I don't need to go through a G1. I'm already and the at champion. At the end of the day, dude, he's been wanting Punk at Wrestle Kingdom. Like, that's what he wanted. So I'm not saying it's going to happen at Wrestle Kingdom. But I know that he was very open to working with Punk, and I know Punk was open to working with him. I think it could happen. And God, if it happened in AEW, then I mean, I, I'm, I might have to book a flight. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I love Will Ospreay. He's the best. So, yeah, I, a lot of good stuff this weekend. Um, and like I said, we're we're talking about AEW, right? But we're also talking about AAA and we're also talking about New Japan because they all go together now. Like the forbidden door is just so wild. And it's it's just like the craziest thing. And it really has like to me like bonded pro wrestling together like we've never seen before. Yeah, it's not so much of like a, like a mentality of because it, it was this, it was this way across the board for so long where it was like if you were signed to a company that was all you did like that was your immediate future it was just going to be like if you signed to ring of honor you only wrestled ring of honor guys if you signed to impact you really were only with impact if you were wwe you were completely exclusive to wwe new japan the same kind of thing for the most part there was little exceptions here and there but you you know you get the gist of what i'm saying so yeah. the thing so the thing is like now it's like Everyone just feels like they're on the same team. It's like team WWE and then team everybody else. Yep. And now you can be a part of both teams. Like if you like both products, that's totally fine. You can watch both products. Like I want to stress that very clearly. Like oh, if yeah. you if you like Monday Night Raw, that doesn't mean you can't like Raw and also like Dynamite. Like you can watch both shows. I but, will very I will very likely probably watch SummerSlam. Like there's I will probably find a way to watch it on Sunday or something. Like it's no big deal. But yeah, I got asked to do. I had to respond. I just got a message. I got asked to do the fightful uh, watch along <laughs> for it. I'm just yes, tell, Steven, I'm just not. Tell, I'm, I'm tell. just telling. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not a good person to host a WWE watch along. I'm just not. Like, I haven't watched one lick of that show since put you the last pay per view. Sour graphs. Like, you can him go back and forth. Well, yeah, me and Alice can just, yeah, just it. have a field day. See, the difference though is like he's still watching the show to do the podcast. I'm just not even watching the shows anymore. So, yeah. like, I just, you know, the and last time I saw, not. 
the last thing I saw from the WWE was that clip from like last week when Lily the doll, the doll winked um, and yeah. cost Dewdrop um, a match. So like, yeah, I just I'm just yeah. But but my point is like, if you like both, watch both. If you don't like one, don't watch it. Dude, there's a billion options out there at this point. Yeah, and for no, for sure. Um, but yeah, it was just. It really, I don't know, it just hit home. It hit home this weekend that, like, man, this is, like, really crazy that, like, all these companies are working hand-in-hand. And then, like, you also look at Impact and, like, Christian's over there. Like, it's all these companies together. And then, like, ROH, you know, they're like, who do you guys want us to work with if we open the Forbidden Door? And I'm like, man, you better get on it because right now y'all don't feel like the cool kids. And I got one guy that constantly kills me about my opinion on Ring of Honor. But, like, dude, like, I think corporate Ring of Honor sucks. I just do. And, like, I think that them canceling show in Florida to go to Philadelphia because of the numbers, that's BS. Like, you canceled because ticket sales weren't great or you were trying to make yourself look like you're doing the right thing. But, like... All that stuff's nonsense. I just, I don't agree with what this company has been doing for a long time. And honestly, I don't think that their cards are that great. I, I think that they have a lot of great talent, but I don't like their matchmaking. I just, they're not for me anymore, man. And they don't feel like Ring of Honor at all. Like it feels like some, it, it feels very much to me like when AJ left TNA and like they lost their heart and soul and then they kind of transferred into impact wrestling. And would, like, if you watched them like on destination America and they just felt so different, like to me, that's what ring of honor feels like. So, yeah, I mean, they are having some good matches still. There's a lot of good talent there. It's just, oh, yeah. it just seems like uh it is just kind of a, seems like kind of a dead kind of show and the, and the crowd, there is no crowd most of the time when there has been a crowd lately, it's, been like the the bubble seating or whatever to where like it just it can't get loud and all this so it's i mean it's one of those things where like there is some good stuff going on right like you have i think shane taylor promotions is really good i like all four of those guys um i'm a big o'shea edwards fan so i'm glad to see him as a part of that group like um bandito as the champion i think is pretty smart i just i wish he'd have another finishing move like that that the x-plex like like, I think it's cool, but like when you see it every match and it takes such a specific setup, like, and people will be like, well, the 619, it's like, this is even more specific than a 619. Like, you have to be turned the opposite direction, standing, bending, and holding the ropes, waiting for him to come and do his, his, his handspring over you and then come back around the other side. Um, um, let me see who I'll say. I mean, LIF. It's it's flipping, of course. it's flipping Bandito, right? Yeah, flipping Bandito's for the title this weekend. I mean, that's, that's a pretty solid match. But, yeah, it'll be entertaining. But it also depends on the environment. Like, if I watch that show and they're like way, like the fans are way from the ring and like, all, like I just, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. But I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. They, they, it's hard to watch like AEW. Of like eight thousand, and then you go and watch ROH of like two hundred, and be like, "Yeah, ROH!" Like, and it's not, it, but it's like they treat it. They treat themselves like they are AEW. Like that's what bothers me. Like you guys took a huge step back when you lost the elite. It's now time to rebuild, regroup, and then start to go out there and try to really make a name for yourself again. And also, like 
why haven't you ever extended working with Impact or other companies? Because you need it way more than AEW does. You know what I mean? Like, sure, I, but I, we also don't know what conversations have happened between these companies. Like, it's very possible they wanted to get in on this, and like AEW was like, "We will," but like, we got other stuff we got to take care of first before we get you involved. I mean, no, I, a- I agree. I just. I just don't think I, – I think I, – I'm not a big fan of their bookers. I just – I'm not a big fan of their product right now. But yeah, I, but, it, but they have a lot the of good talent. That's the, that's the thing, though, is like, you know, because I still would want to see Jonathan Gresham in AEW badly. Yeah, like, you know, like there's on their talent. There's a lot of good guys there. Yeah, so that's the thing is like they have good talent and they have good matches. It's just the comedy just has very little buzz. Yes. So um, – and I know you're not a Dan Housen guy, but like – they got Dan Housen. Love that guy. And so does CM Punk. Be... I think CM Punk wants to wrestle Dan Housen. I bet you would get that at some point. Well, Jericho did his interview with him too. Like I loved it. I mean, it's uh <laughs> it's 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 gonna happen. He's gonna wind up in AEW eventually, and he's gonna be over like Orange Cassidy. Like he's got that same type of thing. Well, they're friends, the two of them. So. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I I <laughs> but it is what it is. Like I I get it. Yeah, I want him champion. Just don't don't push him to the moon. That's all I ask. <laughs> but yeah, him and PCO are a tag team and uh, Ring of Honor right now. No, that's yeah. fun. <laughs> um, they got the women's tournament going on right now. There's some decent wrestlers in that one in the in the tournament and stuff. But I wish they would have left. But I, I definitely don't want to like go through their full pay per views or anything. We pretty no, much just highlight all the people we like. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you like those guys, they're they're in action. Catch them, you know. But I, it's not one of the shows that I'm going to go way out of my way. But I will if someone says like, "Holy crap, that match was amazing," or "Match of the night," or whatever, then I'll check it out. Like, but I'm not I'm not like super excited for the show or anything. Yeah, I'll have um, a recap of their uh, their shows whenever I've got. I is it. Are these on Fight Live or not? Like, where I don't can know. you watch? I don't know. Is it not streaming? I don't know. Whenever I watch the show, though, the following Sunday, I'll uh, recap it for the Fightful Select Weekender because I, because I do watch the weekly show. Um, and that's the part of the problem. I, I feel like people don't even realize like all the episodes of Ring of Honor TV, like all the new episodes. It's just you just go to their website. It's co- completely free, and you can just watch their their weekly show. It's also but, like on Fight. Like fight, yeah, for free. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's like it's super super accessible. Like I feel like Ring of Honor doesn't do a good a good enough job like promoting that. So, um, and and, and that's this is parts true with with all the layoffs. ROH could have a resurgence. I agree with that. Like there definitely could be some people. And like honestly, I mean, I hate to say it, but I don't think they're done laying people off. I think after this NXT takeover. More people will be laid off. And I think even after, and like I said, we've seen that the um, the SummerSlam contracts, there could be quite a few of those expiring. So who knows who they're going to sign and what and all that stuff. But um, yeah, listen, I'm all for everything being good. If it's good, I'll give you credit. If it was, if it's really good and I enjoy it, then I'll give you credit. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, so I guess let's just go over all what's happening. First of all, were you really surprised that MJF and Jericho is going to happen on a dynamite and not a pay-per-view? I am. It makes me think that they still may do it on the pay-per-view. Like something might happen, but like, I think that they're kind of trying to prove a point also right now, because we probably won't have hangman on the show because his wife is giving birth. 
Right. Um, Cody Which now has makes a, sense why all of a sudden he was pulled. It was not because Daniel Bryan and CM Punk were signed. It's because his wife was giving birth. So, But that timing worked out perfect from that yeah. sense of like, now you For can sure. have Kenny beat like a Daniel Bryan in the meantime and make it mean even more when Hangman Page wins. Right. Um, but you have a... Uh, what was I just saying? You I'm said something about, about Cody. I think Cody and Malachi. Oh, yeah. So they could that run gonna, it back. They could, or or he might be off TV for a minute. Um, yeah. The Young Bucks, I mean, they're making it sound like they might be defending the titles on TV because they're going to defend against Jurassic Express tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. And then, like, they're all almost making it sound like they might not be on the pay per view. Like, I, they might be just trying to prove a point of, like, Look how stacked we are. Like, we don't even have to have, like, most of the elite on the show, and it's still going to be one of the best wrestling shows of the year. Like, you know, like, because I think they're also trying to set it up. You can tell by Cody especially, they're trying to set this thing up to where, like, they don't even need to be around, and the show is still going to be successful. So, like, um, I'm not saying it's, like, necessarily the best idea, because, like, I want to see all of them wrestling on the show because I'm a fan of all of them. But it's a pretty cool world we're living in when, like, you know, we're still going to get, like, Darby, probably CM Punk, all the other stuff we're talking about, um, Kenny and Christian and all this stuff. And, like, we might not have Cody, might have not have the Young Bucks, Hangman. Like, who knows if Kingston's going to wrestle on the show. He's one of their biggest stars. Like, Moxley, we still don't know for sure what's happening with him. We get like, Pac and Andrade. That's all I know. Yeah, which and, – but, like, you know it's going to be a good match. Like, Oh, yeah. So it's like sure. – it's I, I just it's that's how stacked they are and and I and I like that too because we've said it a thousand times you don't have to be on the show every week and the show's still good and they're really building it up to where like you know the with these pay-per-views like it's gonna be really the best the best most important stories get the pay-per-view spot they, they that's yeah. what earns your 50 bucks for the pay-per-view like it used to it isn't it isn't everybody getting on the show just because you're in the company. It's like, right. what's the most important stuff going on right now? And do you feel like you're getting your money's worth? Because you're paying 50 bucks. We're not paying 10 bucks a month for this, like Peacock. And they're just going to give us whatever they give us because it's only worth $10 anyways. This is like your $50. You got to feel like it was well spent. And they're going to give you the most important stuff that's going on at the time, I feel like. Well, and another thing too is like they – it's it's like they have Rampage, they have Dynamite, and they treat those like pay-per-views. So yep. Jericho and MJF can happen on a Dynamite and not be on a pay-per-view. And, like, so if you can't get fit on, on the all-out, guess what? Like, isn't – I'm pretty sure Rampage is in Chicago the night before. Like, you're probably going to be put on that card or whatever. Like, there's there's ways to still use guys and, and make it a big deal. So I am surprised, though, that – but, I mean, honestly, I don't know what you think about the card tomorrow, but I'm pretty excited to go to it. So you get MJF and Jericho. I've got the Judas lyrics on my phone just to make sure I don't mess up because you don't want to be the one singing out loud and you sing the completely wrong thing and everybody else just, like, looks at you. Or the camera's right on your face. Right, right. (laughs) I'm thinking about, like, standing up on my chair and, like, conducting, you know, but – um Mm. it'll be uh i don't want to block people's view though so i won't do it but i definitely want everyone to like really try to get this thing to work because they're really calling us out um and then the title the the tag title match between the bucks and and jurassic express should be great sting wrestling um and sammy is facing uh 
Spears, which we can never escape Sean Spears. Like I always get that guy on my card, no matter where I go. And uh, he, but Sammy's supposed to have a special announcement. And I don't know what that is. I kind of feel like he's going to call out Miro because the Fuego thing and not on the pay-per-view, like he, he doesn't have really anything going on. It just kind of makes sense to me that like he might try to avenge his friend's loss and I like that, get that, that TNT title. So that's my prediction. I think Sammy's going to call out Miro and it'll be Miro and Sammy at all out. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I actually, I thought I had like row six, but I messed up and read like my seats. So I actually am in row three, seats six and seven, right where I normally am on the same section. So I'll definitely be close to the ring. So it should be dope. Hell yeah. That's going to be fun. And yeah, they did, you're I, don't know if, I don't know if you know that, but they also added Thunder Rosa and Penelope Ford tomorrow too. So that'll be good. Hopefully they let Penelope kind of do her thing because she's she's actually better than like what she's shown on AEW, like in the yeah, ring. Her last uh, GCW match was pretty good. Um, Current Alley Cat. Yeah, there you go. Or Allison Catch now. Yeah, there you go. Don't, don't yeah, mess it was with her good. name. That yeah. girl stab you for real. literally like, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, so that's that. That is Wednesday. Friday is Rampage. We don't have any matches announced. We don't have anything. We just know CM Punk is showing up. That's all we got, right? And we know that Darby is definitely going to be involved in that as well. So you got that. Um, and then, fan this weekend, just forget about it, right? There's GCW Friday as well, right? Yeah, Friday and Saturday. So, like, right after Rampage, you're probably going to want to catch ECW. The Friday show is, like, strictly GCW. The Saturday show is, like, GCW versus another company, right? Yeah. And you get Effie versus Disco Inferno, which, I mean, wow. That should be fun. Um, but there's <laughs> there's some cool matches on there. I honestly Including that. <laughs> I honestly think Effie and Disco Inferno will be very entertaining. I really do. I so, love that kind of stuff. But but like you never thought you would see it. That's why I'm saying no, like, yeah, you know, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, for sure. And it's I mean awesome. in all aspects, right? Like politically, couldn't be more opposite. Like the gimmick, just it's gonna be hilarious. I think it'll be really entertaining. They just need to get um, Alex Wright involved. Yeah, that they could totally pull it off at this point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. Like I said, this weekend also Osprey is facing Doug Williams, and that's the main event for the belt for for Revolution Pro Wrestling. So I would check that out. Um, there's the Ring of Honor shows. There's a company called GSW that um, I that Davy is facing um, Josh Alexander. Uh, Deanna Peraza is on the card. There's a if you look at that card, there's actually a lot of really good independent wrestlers on that card. Um, so there's that. I know that there's more off the top of my head. I just can't think. But there's a SummerSlam. You can, if you're a fan of that, watch that. Sunday is NXT. So, man, there's just so much wrestling to watch. Um, you know, it, it, I don't know why WWE chose Saturday. I just think that's such a bad idea. I I feel like Sunday would have been such like you give NXT Saturday – you do WWE Sunday because there's not a lot going on on Sunday. Like I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do. Yeah, they're lucky. It's like a weak UFC card on Saturday too, because they're not going to be really going up against anything. Doug, you still own wrestling DVDs? No, but I own like a lot of video files of ev- like everything. So yeah. Um. 
but yeah, no, it's it's crazy. I know you wanted to talk um, some <laughs> MMA, like if uh, the the main event is a uh, Cannoneer and Gaslam. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I want to do a quick um, just to get some audio because there wasn't any MMA this past weekend, and uh, if you I guys mean, you want to, please hit that like button. Um, we got about 40 people in here. So if you haven't yet hit that like button, if you have any more super chats, if you still want to keep this wrestling related, send some super chats, help the channel support us. Appreciate it. Um, we still might visit wrestling depends on how much time we have left, but I definitely wanted to get through this and I want to talk about Tito and Anderson Silva. I want to talk about this, the boxing game in general. Uh, Manny has a fight as well this weekend. There's just a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, Let's start with uh, let's start with the Cannoneer Gaslam fight because there's there's not a whole lot to talk about the UFC, but I want to talk about that other stuff a lot too. Yeah. Um, so with Cannoneer and Gaslam, basically, like, who do you think wins? Because like, I I haven't pulled the rankings, but they both got to be like right outside of the top five. Who did Cannoneer fight last? He lost. It was to I, uh, I think it was to Whitaker, if I remember correctly. Which I mean, that's no scrub, so that makes sense. Yeah, um, and Gaslam has been really like hit or miss lately. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember who he last fight. I'm going to pull it up right now, but I mean, I think it's a pretty classic, you know, stylistic fight of like, you know, if Gaslam gets it to the ground, he'll have success. If Cannonier can keep it standing, he will. Oh, they're both coming off losses to a. Uh, to Whitaker, I think. Let me double check on Cannoneer because let me just double check that it was. Yeah, so Whitaker and Gaslam are both coming off losses to Whitaker right now. You you mean uh, Cannoneer and Gaslam? But yeah, sorry, yeah. Cannoneer and Gaslam are both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Um, I don't. I, I, me personally, I just don't feel like I've seen a lot of Cannoneer enough to really. I've seen a ton of Gaslam, and like you said, he's hit and miss. Um. So I I don't know who who are you leaning towards? I'm leaning towards Cannoneer mainly okay. because like he was on a stretch where he beat David Branch, Anderson Silva, and Jack Hermanson back to yep. back to back before the Whitaker loss. If he would have beat Whitaker, he would have been getting a title shot. He was like right there. Um, so I feel like if he beats Gaslam, he's right back in that mix because he's also one of the few guys that Adesanya hasn't fought yet. That that plays a big factor into it at middleweight yeah. too. Is like who has an Adesanya already fought, and he's already roll, rolling through rematches right now. So like, um, I think Cannonier, if Cannonier's like super motivated, which I have no reason to believe he he wouldn't have been, but like if he if he knows like back against the wall, this is your this is your chance to get a title shot. Like if you beat Gaslam, you're still in that mix. Um, because Gaslam just in a in a tough spot in the division, like he's been to the top, never won the title, but kind of lingers there. But then he'll go on, he'll like lose a few in a row, and you know. So, but I think it's a good fight. Um, I'm gonna take Cannoneer. I just think Cannoneer's gonna be able to avoid getting like taken down a whole bunch, and he'll just have the better striking. Yeah. No, I mean I'm fine with that. I I I, I think it's a fifty fifty type fight. Um, but yeah, Cannoneer. I mean that makes sense. Gaslam always is one of those guys that you can't really count out, though. He kind of shows up. I mean, I think he's been by far the closest one to beat Izzy. Like, he really put him through through hell in that fight. So you just never know. But, uh, yeah, yeah Cannoneer sounds like a solid pick. Yeah, I was I was live at that Gaslam. I was talking to fight. That was the best fight I've ever seen live. Like, that, that yeah. was nuts. That was um, great. 
And then the only other fight I'd want to highlight is um, Clay Guida in the co-main against Mark Madsen. I love Clay Guida. Like, I, I just think he's a really fun fighter to watch. He's been around forever, like OG. true veteran. OG. Yeah. Seems like a good dude. Like, and he's just like a, an example of just like hard work. Like, and the guy, I love how his conditioning is on such a level that after he fights, he's like doing laps in the octagon yep. after he fights, like just to show that he's not tired. Yep. Um, but Mark Madsen's no joke. I don't, I don't know if you've seen much of him or not. Not really off the top of my head. He was he last. His last fight was Austin Hubbard. So not like a huge name. He hasn't fought any like real names yet, but he's 10 and 0. Okay. And he was a silver medalist in the Olympics uh, for Greco Roman wrestling in 2016 in the Olympics. So, like, he's super Doesn't high level. Good for Clay Guida. Yeah. And he's also, he's 36. Guida is, he's got to be pushing 40, right? Guida yeah, is so. 39. Yeah. yeah. So, not a huge age difference, but uh, Madsen's one of those dudes that, like, you know, he had like this long wrestling, kind of, kind of like DC almost. Like he had this yeah. long wrestling career and just got into MMA late. But gotcha. he's ten and zero so far, and I think he's probably a good pick to pick against Guida. But it's a good test for Madsen, and Guida's already. I think he's in the UFC Hall of Fame for his fight with Diego Sanchez. Yeah, um, that, that fight. Yeah, yeah, for the fight. Like he's one of those guys, dude. Like there's going to be this generation or these kind of guys, um, like Clay Guida and like Neil Magny and like yep. these type of dudes, Jim Miller kind of guys. Yep. Where it's like they're going to be kind of fringe Hall of Fame level guys. Even Joe Lozon. Yeah, like these guys who just consistently had good fights for like years and years and years and were always relevant to some degree. Like yeah. a guy like Neil Magny has like, he's fought like everybody. If you look yeah. at that guy's record, it's like, and he's beaten some really damn good ones too. Yeah. I mean, um, but he, he'll probably never be the champion. But like, when you look at his resume, you're like, damn, like when you really look at that, he's probably done more than Stefan Bonner has, you know what right. I mean? Like, you know, it's right. like you're so um, the point is big Clay Guida fan. I think he's in for a tough night against Mark Madsen, but it's also going to be a litmus test to know where Madsen's at. Cause he uh and this is also in the lightweight division, which is just that's a tough one to break through into the upper echelon with all the money fights there. But uh Madsen could be interesting because I see him as almost like a uh like Gregor Gillespie, I thought might have been that that kind of like wrestler that rose the ranks and was gonna be a big challenge for someone like Habib potentially. I think Madsen might kind of be that guy right now at lightweight. He's like deceivingly kind of flying under the radar right now. Nice. Um, yeah, no, to me, it kind of sounds like Clay Guid is like that that stepping stone that fight. So it sounds like that Madsen's going to win. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that'd be, that's my prediction. I'm taking Madsen and I'm taking Cannoneer as, as my two picks. But um, I'm always down to watch Clay Guida fight. And Calvin Glassell, you know, no disrespect, just – He's just so hit or miss that, like, I just can't consistently choose him. So On my uh, DraftKings from the last UFC, um, I'm, like, in a group where, like, you pick between, like, there's, like, seven of us or something, and we put money at the beginning of the year, and, like, you pick the six fights. And based off the end of the year, whoever has the most, like, correct. And, like, I was, like, in third. And after UFC 265, I went five for six. So it put me in first. So I'm nice. I'm in pretty good shape now. But, uh, yeah, I, I pretty much nailed my picks. I'm like, damn, I wish I would have parlayed that. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Good well, stuff. so outside of that, so 
Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz. What's That's the most Boston. wild thing. Like I remember, I read that and I was just like, "Is this like Tom Customs of MMA? Like who's who's reporting this? You know what I mean?" <laughs> yeah. So it's like uh, MMA, MMA junkie. What? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I was just like, "Huh." First off, let me get this straight right now. Tito cannot make 195. I don't care what he agrees to <laughs> or what, like it will never happen. He will, he'll just end up giving up part of his purse. He'll be super pissed about it, but he cannot make 195. Like no way, no way in hell, especially on this short of notice. Like he, he, he was told like it like late July, if he's interested, you know, and then he's like definitely interested and then, like, Anderson's like, but it has to be at 195, like, no exceptions. And he's, like, super pissed that they're making him go down that much. But that's what happens when you're part of the A side. You get to make the rules, right? So, um, yeah, as he should be, by the way. Like, this is – like this is – I know you're a well, Tito guy, but, like, no, Anderson's going to – He's gonna getting his ass kicked. Yeah. He's I mean, getting his ass kicked. I will say this about Tito, though. The guy always surprises me. He always comes out and finds ways to, like, something that you didn't expect him to do or not do as well. Like, he's got super – he's got a lot of heart. I do think that he's been training on his hands a lot. So, I don't think that it's going to just be, like, this total, like, he looks like a, a a fish out of water. Like, I think he'll have a good stance. I think he'll throw some solid punches. I think he'll outweigh Anderson quite a bit. So, he will have, the like, the strength advantage. But when Anderson figures out his timing, like it is going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I, I see it as a TKO, though. I don't think he'll actually knock Tito out, but I think Tito will just cover up and the referee's going to stop the fight. I think Tito just shoots a double and slams him and just takes the, takes the DQ. <laughs> um. It is kind of cool, though, for me, honestly. Like, I, I love both guys. I mean, clearly, Tito's like my number one guy, but like, uh, I never thought in a million years I would see these guys in a competition. And, like, even if it's Tito getting his ass kicked, I still think it's a fun card. Like, you get Tito Ortiz versus Anderson Silva. You get Vitor Belfort versus Oscar De La Hoya. David Hayes on the undercard as well. Like, that's that's pretty pretty fun night of fights. Is David Hayes, like, a champion that's on the undercard of all this? David Hayes is, like, a former UK heavyweight champion that had, like, the gift of gab. And like he didn't live up to his potential as much, but like he can talk, he can he he's he's definitely he's been retired for a while, but like he was a star in the UK, like kind of kind of um, Anthony Joshua, like before Anthony Joshua, like he was that guy that was supposed to be like the next big thing. So gotcha, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all for the fight. By the way, like I love that if we're gonna get Silver versus Tito, like. I'm a Tito fan. Like I, yeah. I, I'm a fan of his his fight career. I right. I loved watching his fight with Del Rio. <laughs> <laughs> came out, came out to I'm a real American, the Hulk Hogan oh thing. My God, and, he did, yeah. didn't he? I forgot about fire, that. Fire, dude. I walked out hard when he came out to break stuff against yes, uh, Liddell Chuck. for the third time. Oh, yeah, I was like when they did the Who's in the House, Tito's in the House. Yeah. I was just like, wow, he's gonna really do it, you know? Because I always thought I should, and I. I figured out like, um, cause you know, it always come out to mosh. Right. Yeah. And Eminem like became like this, like avid Trump hater or whatever. And then like Tito's a big Trump fan. Right. So then he was like, I'm done with it. And so then I was like, there's a chance for break stuff. Like he could come out to it and he did. So 
because I hated it. I, I hated it this whole time he came out to Mosh. I hated Mosh. I, I thought it was just dumb. I didn't well, like it. It should have always been Brace stuff. That was always. just always perfect. It never for him. went away. Yeah. Like, I get the bad boy for life against Chuck at 47. <laughs> like, it was, it fit the moment. And I mean, he came out to Cinderella Man against Rashad. But like for the most, and then he came out to fight the power when he was like fighting with the UFC against Machida at uh, eighty four. Mm-hmm. Almost, almost got put him in that uh, triangle oh, show. So sorry, you you uh, you lagged there for a second. I like just to say I've always hated Mosh. I've never been yeah. Fan, so I uh, and the thing about that too is like it so captures like that whole era, like Tito Ortiz with the with like the bleach blonde hair, which was like yeah. a big thing back then. And coming out to new metal music, which was yeah. like when he was the champion, that was the main music that people were, at least like our, gen- like our demographic was listening to. Um, and one so song that's super underrated too, that didn't get enough play was he came out to let's do this now against Randy Couture, which is a corn song. Um, and, and that was, that was an awesome song. And that's when, See, and one one thing that people don't give Tito enough credit for is like if they were going to transition to a new opener, a new graphic, a new anything, it was a Tito card, right? So like if Tito was, Tito was like the first one to show that they were going to do entrances, then the first one to walk away, to stop doing entrances and just do regular ring walks, they saved it for a Tito card. Like it was always like if they were going to do the new intro, it was a Tito card. Like Tito was a big part of the USC. Oh yeah, big time, big time. It, it's unfortunate that he's had these falling outs with the company over mm-hmm. and over over the years because the company just doesn't recognize what he meant to to the whole sport of MMA. Like he really did. That's a whole other podcast in itself. But he really did yeah. put the company on his back in the in those like best damn sports show peer like time frames of like like they couldn't get on any like real shows and like it was basically still outlawed all over the place and like tito was the only draw they had for like five I, years i just remember like going for ken shamrock for that fight and then like because tito was like this cocky kid that just came across as like really ignorant and ken was so serious and i thought man like ken's gonna beat his ass right and then, dude, Tito came out to that Limp Biscuit entrance and break stuff with the fire, and he just, like, threw his shirt off. And then Joe Rogan's like, oh, he's ready to go. Let him go, you know? And then I'm just like, yeah! <laughs> and then, like, Tito beat his ass. And I was just like, oh, man, like, he's legit. Like, wow. It, it were kind of reminded me of, like, Shawn Michaels in a way because, like, Shawn was always, like, this – like cocky, arrogant guy, but then like he would get in Undertaker's face. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like he's a badass too. So he's like a backstreet boy, pretty boy, but he's like a badass in the ring. And so like Tito kind of had that same type of vibe to me. And uh, yeah. And then like you find out later on, like he's good friends of Corn, and like he hangs out with Fred Durst and like his buddies with Dennis Rodman. I'm just like, this guy's badass. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he, uh, or something to say about that, but he, I just lost it. It had it. It definitely had to do with Tito, but it was something you probably just you just probably covered. He he. Oh God, I wish I could remember what I was going to say. That's all right. But he, uh, yeah, I'm I'm obviously, I'm a big fan. I or at least you know. How do you feel about him still fighting? Like, are, do you like seeing it because like you're a fan and like he's still able to do it? So you still like, right? You're, you're, you wish he would stop. I mean, I, 
I like when he's doing some selective fights that it works, but he's 46 years old. I mean, I remember this guy was like on MMA Weekly Radio talking to Ryan Bennett, talking about he was going to retire at 35 and talking about how he would never fight like old Randy Couture or anything like that. And he wanted to do movies and he wanted to do all these other things. And like, sadly, I don't think he's the best with money. And he's also very paranoid about being broke. And I feel like he has to take his fights because he needs the money. So, like, it just, you know, and, I mean, let's be honest, he's really said a lot of controversial things politically that's got him canceled in a lot of places, and he doesn't necessarily have the most opportunity to make money like he used to. So, I mean, this is a huge fight for him. Like, he really needs this fight, but I, I think it's kind of sad at this point, honestly. Yeah, I remember I was going to say, basically, that he he was a great example, especially for everything you just described about like when you saw him fight Ken Shamrock, he was yep. definitely the closest thing to a professional wrestler in MMA at that time. Yep. So like they that's, really, you felt like you were watching a pro wrestler. Yeah. That was the connection. I was a pro wrestling fan. So when I saw that, like, dude, that weekend was the same like weekend or like right around the same time as the first elimination chamber. So like, I, I was so hyped for that. And then I watched the UFC and it was just like, wow, then I had to order Pride because Chuck was on that card, and I saw Chuck fight at UFC 40. Then I saw Rampage and Vanderlei, and it just the rest was history. Um, and it gave me such a different feel because it was like that unpredictability that you didn't know, and it was like better than boxing. Like, but like honestly, like Tito and Ken are the reason that that I watch the sport. Like they they deserve a lot of credit. Both of them do. So yeah. And like I watched the MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani, which was great, by the way. I loved it, and I felt like that just just alone that show being back. There's going to be fights that are going to happen because of that show, like there used to be. Like there's going to be a lot of stuff that's talked about that probably never would have been talked about because of that show. So like I like that aspect of it, um, and uh, it honestly it, it didn't feel like like the MMA hour, but upgraded. It felt like just the return of the MMA hour, but the interview with rampage, man, he really came across as like humble, but it also kind of made me sad. Like it, it's like, he feels like he's forgotten. And I feel like that's the way a lot of these guys feel like they still need to box and they still need to fight because they're like, Hey, like I'm still here and nobody remembers me. Like I'm not showing any highlight packages. I'm not shown as like how important that was to the sport. And like, so now I've got to fight Shannon Briggs on December 4th in a boxing fight. You know what I mean? And how old is Shannon Briggs now? He's got to be like 48. Like he has white beard. I'm going to say, I figured he'd be even older than that. Maybe he could be. But yeah, I mean, it was sad when like Ariel was asking like who his next MMA fight was going to be, if he was going to come back. And he's like, you still with Bellator? Like, did are you done with them? And they're like, he's like, man, they were done with me. Like yep. I lost the Fedor and they just threw me away like in the trash basically. And it's like, Oh damn dude. Like that's yep. how far rampage is like star power has fallen. He went from like, you know, doing the A team movies to like now Bellator didn't even want him. It's like, damn dude. Well, and like, honestly, this, this, tr this thriller card or whatever, like it, it's kind of mismatches. Like, yeah, Vitor's huge and all that. But like if Oscar's still Oscar, he should beat the crap out of Vitor, like legit. And if, you know, we saw Anderson and like, I don't think Tito is going to be like uh, anything that's going to be really tough for him. And not only that, like one thing I will say though, Tito always has used like this type of defense with boxing gloves. It'll work a lot better. So at least we'll have that. 
He does have a really good chin. I, I do think that he hits harder than people think um, when he really puts all his power into it. So it'll be interesting if he can even clip Anderson or whatever. But at the end of the day, like these both are kind of mismatches, but they're fun mismatches. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's kind of a step back for Anderson after beating Chavez Jr. and like looking so impressive. But well, it's I also say, like a, it was. I was gonna say it's also like a short notice type thing. And I think if Anderson like smokes Tito, he's still gonna be in line to fight like a Logan Paul or something like that. Like he'll do something big. My thing is, is like Anderson could go fight a Chavez, right? And then he could go fight some other like legit boxer, somewhat, but nobody would know who he is. At least you're going to go out there, you're going to fight a name like Tito, you're going to probably yeah. have a highlight reel, and then you're on to something else. Like, exactly. For me, it works out. As long as you're fighting a name that garners attention, mismatch or not, a name is what will get people's attention. And so, you know, and then, you know, you've got Logan Paul on the horizon after that. So to me, it's like, you know, you fight Tito and then you go and fight Logan Paul, like, that's kind of perfect, honestly. Yeah, and then like if some of these guys aren't available, then you box like Aaron Carter or Lamar Odom. <laughs> Just keep keep doing it, man. Isn't Lamar some? I saw a thing that like Lamar Odom's fighting somebody. Oh, Riddick Bow. Like, no, that's sad, man. Riddick I don't Bo know who that like, is. Oh, like Riddick Bow had a trilogy with Evander Holyfield. He was one of the number one heavyweights in the world in like the nineties. Yes, but he has like severe brain damage and he's like outside trying to sell autographs for $20 at boxing events. Like it's, he's, he's got really bad, um, uh, uh, punch drunk mouth. Like when he talks, it's all like, and they're going to put him in there with Lamar Odom. Like that's, that's just a cash grab. Dude, the sad thing about Lamar Odom, and I'm just telling you like it is, if they weren't wearing headgear, Aaron Carter would have beat him. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, Aaron Carter landed like 10 no, unanswered to the face. Like, right at the, the beginning only of the fight. The thing is, though, is I don't know if the headgear would have mattered. Like, I don't know if Aaron Carter has any power whatsoever. Like, he nailed him, and it was just like, yeah, you know. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> Lamar Adam started laughing and shoved him with his. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, oh, even punch, didn't even punch him. Just shoved him out of the way. Um, I want to see Aaron Carter fight again. I want to see him fight one of those. Uh, like I watched <laughs> a long ago, and it was shout out Fight TV. They sent me some codes to check some stuff out. I I didn't know who any of the people at the show were. It was like TikTokers versus YouTubers boxing each other. And they were so bad. Like Aaron Carter was better than most of the people on the show. Like I gotta See, I gotta give Aaron Carter a little bit of a little bit of credit because he is better. He is better than a lot of these people that are like doing these celebrity boxing fights, and he's really bad, but like he's better than like these TikTokers I've seen. But see, that's my thing. Like Tito and Anderson is not that. That's where it's, it's like a it's, step above that. It, yes. It's it's definitely a step above. Like it's it's a fun fight, but like there should be a clear winner that's a favorite, just like the other one. But there, it's a fun fight. It's a fun pay per view. Yeah. So is there anything else going on in MMA or boxing that's like really? I mean, Manny's, Manny's fighting this weekend. Manny Pacquiao's fighting this weekend. He's fighting a guy named Ugas or whatever. I I think Manny beats him. If you haven't seen a Manny Pacquiao fight, watch the fight. It's definitely worth it. Manny's a really exciting fighter. 
Um, and he'll only be around for so much longer. So it's definitely uh, worth checking out if you haven't seen Manny fight. If he wins, you think they're going to rebook him and Errol Spence? Yes, but man, boxing is so, so screwy. Like, because yeah. then it could be like, well, Manny's got to be his senator and Earl's not going to wait around. So Earl will fight his number one contender who's like ranked 15th in the world. Like, who cares? You know, like they, they book these stupid matchups and they never give the fans what they want to see. That's what was so frustrating. It's like, Someone like Manny has to have balls to take on a fight like Earl Spence, and he was actually willing to do it, and then it gets canceled. So it's really unfortunate. Well, next week we can't forget to uh, preview Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley because that'll be next fight. weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I might even wind up doing a watch along for Fightful for that. I don't know. I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask if uh, they want me to do that because it's it's honestly a bigger fight than a lot of these UFC cards that we've been doing, which is wild but it's a big fight it's yeah. definitely a big fight um yeah we'll jason knock his that. ass out dude it's gonna oh be so God. it's gonna be wild dude it's gonna be like, wild tired, like you can't recover from that no the if only they, way you can recover from that is like if jake paul turns out to be like 100 percent legit yeah like he like beats woodley but then also like actually like beats like a world champion or something right. like in like boxing he, he maybe fights canelo and actually like wins some rounds and stuff and it's like oh okay but like the, the one thing though i will say with the paul brothers is they have a weight advantage like they're yeah. they're bigger kids so they're younger they're bigger kids but man i don't know I feel like Tyron could get him up against the corner and just unload on his face too. Like it, 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 it very well could go either way. It's possible. And instead, it's also like a grown ass man versus kind of like a man child kind of, yep. you know, it's there, there is that as element to a degree also, but I've said it before too on here, like for Woodley, it really is two very polar, polar opposite outcomes for him. Like that are going to either send him, he's either going to be, wild. Yeah, he, I mean, the consequences are, are dire on both ends. Like, either he wins and he totally redeems himself. Like, redeems himself in the MMA community. Can People can forget about the, the rap career and the acting yeah. career. And, you know, and you're the one who, who was the MMA fighter that represented for MMA and finally shut this kid up. Yeah. Or you get beat by him on top of all the things I just mentioned. And you are you'll be clowned harder than Askren. Like, you know I'm what I mean? I'm sorry, like, but like if you have been beat by Colby Covington and Jake Paul, like the, in the, in the, in his community, like there's no coming back from that. Like they're going to look at that guy like a scrub. Well, and he already like, I mean, I'm like, they had that, that face off not that long ago. And Jake was like, Hey, let's put up like purse first purse. Like, if you're that confident, like, I'll put all my money on the line and you put all your money on the line for the fight and we'll do this. Like, if you're that confident, Tyron wouldn't do it. And it's like, dude, like, this is not, this isn't a good, a great look, man. Like, like, you probably aren't that confident going into this. You're doing no. it for the bag. Like, you know, yep. he's doing it for the money, but it's like your boy Ben Askren, you saw how that worked out. Like, yeah, I mean, like, but like, luckily Ben doesn't care about clout chasing. He doesn't care right. about like the the limelight. He doesn't care about trying to have a post career. He just wants to coach wrestling and like live off Bitcoin. True, like, right? That's it. 
but like Tyron, yeah, like he wants to be at movie premieres and he wants to like be around celebrity culture and all that stuff. Like this, this is going to be a disaster if he loses. This is his key to getting movie roles better than getting his dick chopped off by a <laughs> raccoon. So let's uh, let's hope you know, for Tyron Woodley's sake. Um, let's hope he can get a, an upgrade. And it, part of it, what's so sad too, is like his mom is like the nicest person in oh, the world. Yeah. <laughs> Woodley. It's literally hugging everybody, even so even if they even if they beat him. Like I know you had to yeah. beat my baby. It's okay. Yeah. Thank uh, they, you. They're always like like Tyron Woodley's mom is like this saint in the world of MMA. Not only like, that, this is going to be in Jake Paul's hometown. Yeah, dude, he's getting knocked out, or <laughs> uh, Woodley's getting knocked out. It, oh my god! And, Ma- and Mama Woodley's going to wind up being a way bigger star than like because like something will surface of like Mama Woodley like. Yeah. Like hugging Jake and being yeah. like, I'm so sorry it got so you know difficult between you and my son and all this stuff. And like she'll wind up blowing up. Like, yep. like it'll be like, like, she'll be the famous one. And Tyron's gonna be like, Oh man, like I remember he got really butthurt when like rappers were tweeting at Ben Askren and he's like, Man, these people don't even follow me and they follow you. And he's like, Ben doesn't even know who these people are. You know That's what I mean? Saying. Like he just wants the clout. He's yeah. a clout chaser. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I think he could definitely definitely happen um real quick we didn't cover nxt i don't know all the matches but um i think this is the final time we will ever see adam cole and kyle o'reilly so regardless what happens i think one guy's going to the main roster i think the other one honestly never meets never sees the main roster or the other guy is leaving one or the other but um overall the end of a very long feud uh i hope that it is a great match i hope it is nowhere near as long as their last match um and and, you know i know there's gonna be false finishes and everything but props to both guys if you're a fan of both guys and you want to see their final match in my opinion um for at least for a very long time this is probably a show you want to check out and then uh samoa joe versus carrying cross i feel like joe is probably going to win and we'll I don't, I don't have a clue about anything else that's happening on the show. So the Cole and O'Reilly match will be long for sure. Cause it's a three out of two out of three falls match. Oh so. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And then I love how O'Reilly picked a regular match for the first match. Like who does that? Nobody. Yeah. Like, that's like going I to like one, a regular <laughs> wrestling match. <laughs> that's like going to a buffet that has like two like side item options. And there's like, there's like a hundred to choose from, and you're like double green beans. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like or like you go to Baskin Robbins and you want vanilla. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I think I think Adam Cole is either, yeah, like you said, he's either going to go to Raw or SmackDown, or he's going to go to AEW right after this. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, I think, uh, should do everything in his power to get out of the WWE system as fast as possible and, and also go to AEW and, and, and or New Japan and wherever. Because yeah. um, <laughs> those two guys, I think, are super valuable anywhere still. He's um, a guy that could be really valuable in the Forbidden Door to where if you just had him in any company and he just kind of went throughout, like I think he would be very valuable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the Cross and Joe match, I don't give a damn about that <laughs> at all. Like yeah. Samoa Joe, I'm sorry, dude. You <clears throat> do what's good for you and your family and whatever, but like 
I you <laughs> you kind of lost me as a fan by resigning with the WWE. I hate to I hate to say it like that, but like I just don't follow the product, so therefore I just don't really follow Samoa Joe. Dude, he was and, talking about like how he wants <laughs> AJ to come to NXT and have a match with him, and I'm just like, how does that sound good? Like that sounds awful to me. Like it's over. Yeah, that's that's how it feels. It's 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 over. Like, and you, it's been there, done that. Like, you've been that NFC champion twice already. Like, what yeah. is what? How is this like a, a um? It's this, or you could be debuting in AEW alongside Punk and Danielson, and like revolutionizing wrestling. Right. But like, you're doing this instead uh, against yeah. the guy who he's seen lose multiple times on Raw with the title belt. So like, right. who cares? Um, now <clears throat> the other matches, I'll just. I'll, I'll just tell you what the other matches are, and there's one I want to actually give some credit to. So oh, we Walter have and Dragunov. That's going to be great. Well, yeah, let's well, wrap up the show because you just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so all right. Um, I mean, yeah, La Knight and Cameron Grimes don't care at all. Um, I like La Knight, or sorry, I like Cameron Grimes um, a yeah. lot, but um, never been a huge uh, Eli Drake fan. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai don't really care. I do like Raquel, but um, I just don't really care about the match. Um, but yeah, Walter and Dragunov, that was one of the best matches of the year last year, like for any company. So I think that'll be a really, really damn good one. And there's a chance Dragunov might actually win because um, he's really, if you look at the, the landscape of NXT UK, there's really nobody outside of Dragunov, <clears throat> maybe Tyler Bate, if they push Ben Carter or um, Nathan Frazier like super heavily over the next like year or something, it's possible. But like, I really don't. And Walter's in such a bad position because like he either needs to be the champion or he needs to be somewhere else. So it's like, yeah. you know, what do you do with him after he's lost the he's title? Like, he's, an, he's another guy I thought Vince would love. So I no, I'm, I'm out of touch. Yeah, uh, he'll be no. He he would be jobbed out so fast on Raw and SmackDown. Like but if, it's like why? Like if he's huge and he's like good, but he's not huge like Brock and Lashley and and Cena and those guys are. But is he like? Is he at least six three six something? No. Yeah, but I think Vince just sees kind of like a. He doesn't have the physique of these other guys. He's more of like a Keith Lee type type guy you know what i mean like i do i have thought about this i do think this could be a possibility yeah punk and kenta i think that could definitely yes. happen that's just one of those like forbidden door things that you thought you could never see but that could definitely happen and the heat's there with kenta yep. feeling like the guy stole his move and then popularized it and gts deal. yep um but yeah that's pretty much I'll, I'll be doing uh predictions with jesse on jesse dabbin's youtube channel we're gonna do full predictions for SummerSlam and takeover on i think probably on thursday afternoon uh but once again i don't watch the show so it's literally just me giving my like basically choosing the people i like the best so um yep this is what it is i mean i i'll i'll end my i'll end it on this this is probably a good closing thing for me to say you have to do <laughs> You have to do so much damage to me as a wrestling fan for me to not care about Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I have to be so far beyond not caring yep. for me to not care about a match between those two guys. Like, I, I, I'm i going to watch it. I will watch TakeOver. I watch, I've watched every single TakeOver event. Yep. Um, I don't watch weekly, but I will watch TakeOver. I will... I'll watch. I'll at least have SummerSlam on in the background. I'll, I'll definitely pay attention for Cena and uh, Roman. Outside who, of that, who do you got? Who do you think is going to win? 
Roman. I feel yeah, like you got to keep going with Roman. You have to. I mean, the whole Cena one, two, three thing and all that stuff. But yeah, I think I think Roman's going to win for sure. <clears throat> but like I said, if Cena somehow wins and gets that title belt, that adds more fuel to the fire of Ric Flair could winning that NWA title. Could you imagine how cheap it would be if Cena won and then Roman beat him like on the next night on Smack or the next week on SmackDown? But it was just so Cena could get seventeen. Like they would so do that too. But how funny would that be to hear them try to explain it if, like, Flair actually did what I said? So, like, WWE has to, like, kind of backtrack when they talk about CNN and be like, well, (laughs) yeah, like, he, 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 he had it. But like they can't really say why he does it anymore. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna act know. like Flair never existed. That's what they'll do. Well, I don't have a I have assumptions that at some at a certain point in time they're gonna pretend like everything pre-WWE didn't exist. Like they're gonna pretend like WWF and WWE were two completely separate things, and like the first major star in the WWE's history was John Cena. Like, because it's they're they're gonna these things are just gonna keep getting worse for a while where like this more and more people are going to get canceled and certain edgy product that like, they're just not going to want to be associated with it anymore, especially when they're going the direction they're going right now. And like the uh, Sean Ross Sapp tweeted something today tonight that I thought was pretty funny. It was like a, uh, I can't, I can find it really quick. Cause I know I liked the tweet. It was like a, uh, maybe I didn't like the tweet. It was so. It was like a commercial that he. It was. It was like dog. It was like dog treats or something endorsed by the W. It was like a, it was. A, it was a mystery box, but for like dogs, with the WWE's like logos and stuff all over it. And it was like, you got to call me Dwayne the Box Johnson because it's like a mystery box. And I was like, this is so for. This is this is so for elementary school aged kids. Like this is, so like. That's just that's what it is. It just is what it is. It just is what it is now. Um, I all good things come to an end. Things change. They're not the first company to do it. If I was to watch Nickelodeon right now, I bet you'd be nothing like watching Rocco's Modern Life and uh, and uh, Dog and these kind of shows that that's that were for kids but still had like some adult kind of themes to them to some degree, like. You know, the company's bands, right? How many bands in the, in the world have sold out where, like, mm-hmm. everything you liked about them changed because they wound up getting a ton of money and they had to change their sound. And, like, yep. they, might, they might have wound up getting a lot more fans because of it, but then you feel alienated because you were the one, you felt like you're the reason they got famous. But, like, yep. now they're just appealing to all these other people because they want more people, not necessarily you anymore. Yep. That's what's happening. So. Yep, for sure. Well, Stephen, the exciting thing is when we come back next Tuesday, the wrestling world will be completely changed. Like it will be so much more different. We will know what it's like to see CM Punk in an AW ring. Um, you know, who knows what's going to be the fallout of SummerSlam and all that. But I like once CM Punk comes out, we are really on the road to all out. And that's when things really start to get fun. And man, it's just going to be a wild time. So, if you're not involved with this AEW train yet, get on it. It's it's one of the, the funnest things for a wrestling fan in a very long time. It's something that, honestly, we thought we would never get. Um, and, yes, I appreciate you guys watching the channel. Please like the video if you haven't. Share this video out. Subscribe if you haven't. Um, you can follow me on Twitter down below. You can follow Steven on Twitter down below. And uh, catch you guys next week.